Um, nevertheless, so the uh, also the movie outranked the other superhero movie, that being, what do you call it? That being uh, Marvel's Avengers, which came out uh, earlier in the year. Um, and also outgrossed the uh, Dark Knight, so huge success. Uh, critically, the movie received great reviews, uh, 87% on, uh, Rotten, on Rotten Tomatoes as well. Uh, and was ironically, they compared it to The Godfather 2, even though uh, this was the third movie in the franchise. Um, thinking about... Because of uh, it's Raza Ghoul's daughter. Okay. Spoiler. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. She's like the Andy Garcia? Correct. Yeah. What do you guys think about this uh, initially when... Or, like, or, first... the Mi- or the Michael Carleone. Okay. Yeah. So what did you guys think about this movie when um, it trailers came trailers came out, uh, you know, the week leading up to it, you know, day of when initial sort of reviews from your little buddies that watch it. What did y'all think? Uh, so, well, how, I remember seeing like, the trailer. You? I was super hyped because I think everybody was left with a desire after The Dark Knight. And so now knowing that there was a sequel following that, especially with the hiatus, I mean, this came out, what, four years after uh, The Dark Knight? Mm-hmm. Yeah, longer, long yeah, longer time. time. Yeah, longer time. It, it seems shorter than the wait between Batman Begins and Dark Knight, but yeah, it, it was longer. I think there was an obvious buildup behind it where like the people were waiting for it, um, yeah. and I think that that led to you know some, I don't want to say like disappointment, but I guess like some um, some expectations that were not met because I feel like people were expecting one thing. And the story kind of took a different turn, which is not a bad thing because I I, I like the way that they portrayed it. Totally, and true. I like the way that they I like the way that they explain that story. Um, but we'll get into that a little later. Mm, my and Scottford, what'd you think? Uh, so I would say I agree completely with Mike here, um, and I would I would actually pinpoint it to one specific scene, and that is the scene where Michael Caine as the Butler Alfred is explaining to Bruce Wayne, Batman, Here we go. portrayed by Christopher Bale, that uh, Rachel, comes the impression. Rachel was never in love with him. What if there was a letter? And that letter explained she didn't choose to. But I burned that letter because I couldn't stand how you would feel. I failed you. I failed you. <laughs> Classic. Classic. So that is... All right, uh, that, that's the last impression we're going to hear from you today. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. What are you talking about? <laughs> Scott, I don't... I, I don't even think you like answered the question around. <laughs> I think he was just waiting for an opportunity to drop yeah. it. And he was like, "All right, fuck it. This is this is my window." Yeah. Look, Mike. Let's be honest. All right, Mike heard uh, how Bane spoke in the trailers, and then heard Michael Caine talking. <laughs> He's like, "All right, I want to see this movie." All right. Yeah, that that shit sold me. <laughs> yeah, all right. That was Look, it. I saw the Super Bowl. I saw the Super Bowl trailer, and all I needed to hear was was uh, Tom Hardy's voice and Michael Caine's voice. Yes. And I was like, Done. That's it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, for me, I think it was a lot of hey, uh, you know, I heard that. Like, first of all, there's speculation going on who would be the villain. Like, who would be the villain? Even I remember like late 2008, like some report came out that Eddie Murphy would play the Riddler and stuff like that. Oh and God. Then, Dude, I remember that. 
I remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, all right, I remember I told everyone they're like all hyped, all right, and I was like, that's gonna be so stupid. Not because it's Eddie Murphy, but because he's black. I don't really want a black Riddler. I'm sorry. Um, just I wasn't hyped on it. Then I heard that hey, we might get uh, Leonardo DiCaprio to play somebody. Which and, I think that would have been cool. Yeah, I just feel like it would have been odd, right? Like, who would he have played the Riddler? I mean, I I like his portrayals as a villain, though. Like, um... well, I do too. But like, it's yeah. Like, I think he would have had to have been what, like the Mad Hatter or something like that. I feel like yeah, we glossed yeah, yeah. over your 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 adamant uh, disagreement to a black Riddler. Yeah, right? yeah. Black people no, are gonna I, be a little bit more direct. They're not gonna be like, uh, let's play games, right? Like, would the black we have guy always will be known, Would we have always known the answer? <laughs> I, yeah, think black the Mad, I think the Mad Hatter would have would have been a good role for him though, because it would have been some. Yeah, it would have been something similar to like Calvin Candy. The nah. candy man. Oh. Ugh. The worst. No, no oh. wrong. Maybe you're right. Would we have hated him that much? I think dude, he could do a good job of it. Wasn't that Mad Hatter kind of rapey and the per and like and Lewis Carroll's rapey <laughs> Mad Hatter's based off I so. though I agree. Maybe that's what I'm saying. Like in real life that would have been a better version of it instead of what yeah. he got. Yeah, I, I think that what do you call it? Uh so uh, no, Christopher Nolan had said that the draft of the script originally was inspired was inspired by uh, the by a tale of two cities um, and which, about the uh, French about the French Revolution um, and it, it proceed it proceeded on so proceeded onwards from that. Obviously, the movie we we see the debut of Bane. Also, Anne Hathaway joins as Catwoman, and you get uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt to play a character named uh, John Blake. And then we had the same uh, returning characters, that being Morgan Freeman, uh, Christian Bale, Michael Caine, and Gary uh, Oldman. Um, so in terms of this movie, uh, so I'm going to be honest. Uh, I'm going to be honest sort of in this. Uh, I remember first seeing it, I was, I was extremely hyped and everything. Then starting to watch it, and I was like, eh, I don't know how I feel with this. I think that the quotables were great, the themes around it were great, but something, something just felt empty about the movie. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with a slow start. Like the movie uh-huh. started off very slow, right? Because oh, I did, like, yeah. I, I I think what people were getting to was like, or not people, but I, I guess what the storyline was getting to was that um, many years had passed, and because of the situation that happened with the Joker, like basically Batman disappeared, right? And mm-hmm. so like they're kind of living like uh, in a society where like there was really no need for him because you know they had everything under control. The commissioner was basically running everything well. Um, mm-hmm. And then now you see. Um, well, he had to be the Dark Knight. Like he had to go. Like oh, he had to take the blame. Remember of like. Right, he had to take the blame yeah. for like, the whole situation that happened right. with uh, with Harvey Dent and everything else. But um, I think just with the way that they also uh, portrayed Bruce Wayne as like an old man, he's you know, he's broken been hidden. down, just like yeah hidden away like nobody had seen him he was just kind of like you know like uh kind of like a ghoul like nobody knew what he was about and that's why like when we finally see him appear when like Anne Hathaway as Catwoman is basically trying to rob him Mm -hmm. um we kind of get like a little bit of a glimpse of him right but I I think that build-up is what caused a lot of people to have like some criticism towards it because by that time we were already like 40 minutes in the movie Mm. yeah it was a while 
But yeah, you know what? Uh, something thing. So this movie I mean, had it a lot more. Opened with Bane, right? It did. Yeah, that great opening scene. Um, yeah, I agree. Th- this movie, I feel like no. Batman had three scenes in this movie. Oh. No one thought about me until I put on the mask. <laughs> is that? Oh, wait, I don't think that's from the opening scene, though. Is it? That's from the first scene. I thought he says, perhaps he's wondering why you'd shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane. No, no, uh, the very first scene, when uh, Mayor Carcetti yeah, but... from The Wire arrests him. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> oh, shit, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll but get dude, into that, some of that... the, hey, who hey, was that, uh, a yeah. little bit later. <laughs> that was Yo, the very that, first that, scene. You guys are right, though. That opening scene was definitely, like, iconic. And so good. Yeah. Okay. How does that uh, rank probably. versus the opening scene from The Dark Knight? Ooh, that's tough. Um, yeah, it's a tough one, but I, I think I'm going to have to give it an edge. Ooh. Wow. Uh, so one of the things about this movie that like Mike hit the nail on the head here is that Batman was barely in this movie. Um, a lot of Bruce Wayne. I think he wears the bat suit in only about, ooh, I want to say three different times. Um there's the when he first returns, which is a really great scene. Um, then there's his fight Gets with Bane, and then oh, his second fight with Bane it. versus and saving the world, and that's it. Right. And the whole rest of the movie, he's Bruce Wayne, like laying in a bed or with a cane or something. <laughs> and no, Scott, that's not a Michael. With a not, cane. Not, or yeah. Something. No, no. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And it's not a reference <laughs> to Michael. King. I know you're getting. Ex- <laughs> no. Right. No. Okay. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I, did, yeah, I, I thought, you know, I left this movie I'm so going, tired right now and drunk. Who can help me? Oh, my cocaine. I think for me, like the, the worst, like the part of this movie, the thing I liked about this movie is that it tied in well with the with Batman Begins. Um, I did not think that I just the, as it how it like ranks and we'll get we'll get into that a little bit later and everything. Right. But I just felt let down from the Dark Knight. Um coming into watching this and I was way more hyped up for this I think than I was for the Dark Knight even yeah, yeah. I think the hype was there I get it yeah like we it's it's sort of like hey you know what this was thrilling um sort of I feel I feel the way about this one that I feel about the Lost World Jurassic Park ah. oh man nah nah that that's that's a just, tough comparison yeah I was just like oh like I yeah I was like, hoping this would be the Chris Pratt ones, or the... no, the Lost World, Ian Malcolm. Oh wow, yeah, no, yeah. you were more pumped than that, right? Well, no, I, no, no, I was no, all right, I was as pumped for this movie as I was for Jurassic World. I came, okay. I left this theater after seeing this. And I went to see the midnight showing too, right? So I had to go to work okay. the next day, right? Right. And so uh, I'm telling people, right? I, I remember I left. I was like, eh, it wasn't that great. And I s- sat around thinking, like, oh, that's pretty awesome. I get to work. Everyone hadn't seen it. I was the first one. I told everyone about it, right? Then uh, they all go to watch it that weekend, right? And then that, they come back that Monday. They're like, eh, right? And I was like, you know what? You're right. You're right. I was like, you're right. This is an eh movie, you know? And then upon rewatch, I'm like, I don't like rewatching this movie. I don't. Yeah. It's too real. That's no, it's why just not, like good. Re- not no, it's good. Not good. real. I, I disagree. It's too real. You think I it's you think 100%. it's rewatchable? Yeah, I've rewatched it a bunch of times. That shit comes on TV. I'm watching it. Mm, I agree. Okay. I think I, it might actually be not as good as The Dark Knight, but I think it's more rewatchable. 
than the. Ooh. I almost feel like if you were to switch the two villains from this and the, the the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises, they traded villains. I think both movies would be so much better, personally. And thinking about that uh... is like, like how I said, this movie ties in a lot with. Uh, Batman Begins, right? The Batman Begins ends with the Joker card, right? So I think that it would be great if you came with this movie, right? And he's essentially there, uh, up, you know, uprooting the system, right? And fulfills all of his plans, right? To to like cause complete chaos, you know? Yeah, I think I like the fact that there was one movie in between because Gotham needed to well, rise yeah. to power again. Well, yeah, no, I want three. I want three movies and everything, right? But I just, oh, I feel like, oh, interesting. Because this movie, this movie is like anarchy, essentially, right? It's what we're, it's, it's like a fucking government. Can, you know, there's lockdowns. It's Occupy there's, Wall Street. Exactly, right? I think that that fits the Joker a little bit more. Maybe that's how they came up with the Todd Phillips Joker movie, obviously, right? By taking right. the idea I'm espousing right now. But I think that this fits the Joker a little bit more, where. Um, and I know that you'd essentially be redoing the plot of the Dark Knight in order to get Bane in there. I think you're forgetting so. that Christopher Nolan is a Boris Johnson Tory Republican. Okay, he right, has nice. a different yeah. worldview than you. <laughs> yeah. All no, right. but like okay. honestly, yeah, like, if, if you think about think about what you just said right now about like mm-hmm. the background of these movies, and then think about the time that they're filmed. And we can tie this yeah. into like real events, right? So, like for example, like you mentioned Occupy Wall Street. That's exactly. a good analogy to compare the Dark Knight Rises, and then now we look at the Dark Knight, and we're coming into like post nine eleven era, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that a lot of the symbolism behind the movie totally. comes down to the era in which it was filmed and what was going on around him, mm-hmm. and it may not tie in directly because now these movies are coming out a couple years after they were filmed, obviously, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the oh, writing I think wasn't that's... done prior to that. Oh, exactly. I think I think the writing is directly influenced by those events. I think you're a hundred percent right. This is like so genius input to this. Yeah. So what's all right? You guys want to know the irony though? Yes. So the ironic thing is that um, Occupy Wall Street actually began after principal photography for this movie uh, had concluded, essentially. So it, it's legit just uh, – it's like just happenstance that this happened like – this movie came out six or seven months uh, after uh, after Occupy Wall Street or so. But all, like story had been completed. Filming had already been knocked out essentially. Because so – how do we know that they didn't already foresee some of these things happening? No, 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 well, no. We're not what saying that they didn't in, foresee it. What happened yeah. in British politics five months before Occupy Wall Street? Uh, what was that? Oh. There was the Jeremy Corbyn movement, the whole workers' party. That's how he, yeah, like this is all. It's it's the same movement. It just came over here a little bit later. I know what you're saying mm. though, but you yeah. gotta yeah. You keep forgetting that Nolan is uh, completely and totally a British Tory. No, oh, okay. and, and, and you're right, because uh, the European situation had started before ours. Correct. There was a whole situation in Greece where their banking exactly. system completely crashed because of their economy not and being remember, able to sustain the euro. This was before Brexit, so this was all the Let's whole, go. the entire right. point of the Tory thing was that, like, there's going to be these outlying countries. Hey, can you guys hear me? We joined this whole thing, there's going to be the out, these outlying countries, and, like, how dare we be able to exploit their labor and then have to pay for them if they can't sustain their own economy? Like <laughs> that's true, and the I symbolism mean that, no, lies in exactly. That, I mean, that's no, capitalism, no, fucking austerity I mean, one hundred and one. Like 
you brought up a very good point because there's a symbolism with the bridge scene where they basically um they they blow up that middle part to prevent people from basically coming over because it's kind of like no we're gonna isolate you guys and and you guys correct basically have this problem that's not threatening us so Mm -hmm. i I think you make a very good point with that yeah okay yeah so yeah so the um so essential so I think uh, one of the things that I really liked about this movie is sort of I think it did a better job of portraying Gotham City as Gotham City than uh, The Dark Knight did. Just because The Dark Knight was um, I think Dark Knight was filmed in Chicago and then uh, Chris Nolan was famously banned from continuing to film there. And then this movie was done a lot. And I think they did a lot of production over in uh, Pitt in Pittsburgh. Um, And then also, what do you call it? Uh, Really? What's up? Pittsburgh. That makes yeah. sense. They got a lot of rivers and stuff there. Yeah, certainly. So yeah, um, so it's uh, yeah. So it, they filmed in uh, Pittsburgh, and that's why that's why the Steelers, uh, all the Steelers were in it. And then they went to Newark. Uh, shout out to New Jersey. And the be- one of the best things that so I think that this portrayed a better sense of uh, how Gotham City was because like you look at the Dark Knight and it's all just like it was light. It was just light outside a lot, like way too much for me. Um, <laughs> Like um, so, the movie the movie ends. Obviously, uh, Bruce Wayne is put into uh, prison. He's able to break out. It's revealed that one the this child that they keep referencing um, as having escaped. It's not actually Bane, but it is Talia Al Ghul, Ra's al Ghul's daughter, and she wants to bring back the uh, League of Shadows, and she's there for revenge. Spoiler. Yeah, they should have seen the movie. It's been eight years. Um, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Bruce Wayne is able to escape the. Uh, is able to escape the prison. Then he comes back as Batman for a final fight against uh, Bane and Tal- Talia al Ghul. Um, they're essentially trying to use a neutron bomb to destroy Gotham City. Everybody is uh, trapped. Uh, a bunch of people are trapped in the city. Um, then from there, Batman takes the old... Uh, Wait, uh, why Batman. are they trying to destroy Gotham? Tell us, Scott. To fulfill Ra's al Ghul's destiny. Okay, all right. Yes, exactly. All right. <laughs> Um, and so the movie ends with uh, Batman sacrificing him, seemingly sacrificing himself by uh, taking the bomb over the ocean in his Batwing. Um, then a- Alfred goes to Europe uh, and sees uh, Anne Hathaway uh, as Catwoman and uh, Bruce Wayne over at a little cafe and he waves to him and uh, Alfred's dream is realized. And then he proceeds onwards to his way. And then they have a statue of Batman erected. And then no one puts two and two together that Bruce Wayne died at the same time. Um, and the movie ends. Yeah. How'd you guys like the way it ended? I thought the ending was brilliant, to be honest with you. Um, Agreed. I, I, I think that that scene with the, the dialogue between Michael Caine and uh, Christian Bale and Michael. basically Michael, Michael Caine basically just explaining, you know, what his uh, dream is of uh, for for him to see Bruce Wayne basically end up as, you know, a married man, a father, a family, whatnot. Um, and so then not to tie that back into the ending where we assume that he's dead and now he's at the cafe, which he mentions. He says, you know, I want to see myself at a cafe seeing you having lunch with, you know, the family and whatnot. And that's basically what ends up happening. It, it, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I was high on the ending. Uh, you know, it sucks when the superhero like dies and that's the way that they end trilogies and I get, but that's how they do it nowadays, I guess. Um, uh, but you know, I thought it was a good sweet moment for Alfred. Cause right before that we saw him crying and bawling like crazy. 
Um, I didn't really care for the, hey, uh, I know we haven't talked about him, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as John Blake, them revealing that his name is, real name is Robin. Uh, I thought it was, I thought his character was stupid, and I thought that scene was pretty stupid, uh, but the ending was pretty dope. Uh, mm. And then also, uh, Lucius Fox got to live, which I appreciated, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I think that part was nostalgic, though, because I, I think we're used to seeing, like, a lot of these characters that we know um, get introduced to the movies, right? But they're kind of introduced, like, in a non-traditional way. And so, like, the way that they introduce, you know, Ed Hathaway as Catwoman, like, we don't really see her as Catwoman, but just the way that she acts, especially with, like, her fighting moves, we know that this is Catwoman, right? And even with, like... Uh, Gordon but Levitt's she down, character. she dons a suit though. Right, she dons a suit. Okay. And she's like being the thief, right? We also but didn't saying... talk about this though. Best Catwoman, Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer. All the other Catwomans are pretty trash, dude. Like who? <laughs> I mean, no yeah, one's gonna pick Halle decent. Berry. Nah, I, yeah, mean, I, was about to I say mean, but Halle it Berry. is Halle Berry though. <laughs> Yeah. I think All right. Uh, okay. Go part ahead. of my, Sorry. I guess, going back to the topic, part of my, I guess, disappointment with it was that the way that they ended the movie, I kind of expected to see like a sequel to that because it kind of left it as like they're mm. leaving the keys to uh, Robin, right? Like mm-hmm. kind of saying that he's going to be the one that takes over. So it's like, I don't know if maybe I was the only one that felt this way, but I think maybe. Others also felt the same way as well to say that, you know, they're expecting them to now take maybe the storyline to something different and we never got it. Mm. Yeah, I think that was a little bit of Nolan being like, oh, someone take my story because I'm amazing. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't. Well, like, no, I, I read an interview later with Nolan. And oh, interesting. His explanation, his explanation behind it was like, yeah, you know, everybody wants a hero, but, you know. Sometimes heroes, heroes die or heroes basically end up having to step aside and, right. you know, someone else takes over, but, you know, their story isn't significant enough to have to tell or we don't have to continue because it's best to just leave things the way that they are. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Um, all right. Let's go to this. Let's go to some of these topics, um, which I believe we have quite a few of them. Um, so we're going to... Well, oh, before we, always... we jump into the topics real quick, I was just going to say something. Um since we keep going back to older storylines, who would you guys say is the top villain now that we've gone over all three movies? Oh, great question. Should I go first? Yes. All right, I'm going to go with Joker. Why? Um, I think because of Heath Ledger's portrayal as a Joker, and I think just his um, his evil genius. Oh, Joker like, in Dark Knight specifically, not like Joker overall throughout the entire franchise. Um, well, I would say even like throughout the franchise, okay, because I think out of, out of out of all of the villains, he's probably the most iconic, and I think that's the reason why so many people were like so excited and so totally. hyped to see the Dark Knight. Because once we knew that it was going to be about the Joker, it was like, oh shit, it's on now. You know, Scarecrow, yeah. he was a well-known villain, but it wasn't like that villain, you know? Right. The same with Ross Ra's Ghoul. Like, he was one of the top villains, but he wasn't the villain. And I think even totally. throughout, like, the animated series, the cartoons, the comics, like, the Joker was always that villain. He was kind of like the Lex Luthor to Superman, right? <laughs> 
Um, so the wrestler or the sorry. <laughs> That's no, 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 okay. Alex Luthor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, I've, I've, yeah, I've got to go. I thought Bane was the best villain. Okay. Nice. Reason. And we're, or, wait, and we're talking just this trilogy, no? Oh, uh, I mean, you can go yeah, just well, this trilogy I, or all of Batman's. I was referring. Oh, every to the Batman. Trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I was this referring trilogy. to a trilogy. Yeah. Okay, this uh, okay. Justice trilogy. I gotta go. Bane. Um, he's the only one that actually accomplished his goal. Um, and it was so his goal was he accomplished his goal so quickly that he had to come up with the new goal of like blowing up the fucking uh, whole totally. city, you know. But yeah, I mean, look, he shuts he he breaks Batman's fucking back. Um, he gets he yeah. everything that the Joker did, he actually accomplished as well. And just de- descended the place into uh, mayhem. Then he did a better job of what the Scarecrow did by actually getting the prisons to, uh, to come out. Also, he made another villain his bitch and he said, hey, Scarecrow, go be my judge in the little kangaroo court. So. <laughs> Dude, he was like the James K. Polk of uh, villains. There you he, go. He had four, he had four things to do. He accomplished all four of them. Yeah, and he's like, all right, I'm not running for I'm not running for a new <laughs> yeah, trilogy. I'm not yes. running for another opposite. <laughs> he's like, this is it right. for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh lord, no one gets that. Just all right, so me. all right, just, just you. <laughs> Let's get to our topics. Uh, we're gonna go with the first team All Pro casting. I went with Christian Bale as Batman. I thought that he was. The least campy of uh, Batman's, no hokey one-liners, and he was actually intimidating. Um, and then also I went with uh, Cillian Murphy as Dr. Crane and the Scarecrow as he appeared in all three of the movies, low-key. I thought you hated him earlier. No, well, no, I wasn't excited when he came out, but then, uh, when, he, when I heard, when I looked at him, I was like, this guy's a pussy. But then uh, yeah. at this portrayal, okay. oh, that's really, like, you know, did a good Mad job. Mad respect. Yeah, he, he won your respect. That's, yeah. that's noteworthy. That's yeah. great. I'll give you that. <laughs> Um, I'm going to have to go with Heath Ledger as the Joker, even though he was only in one movie. Um, I think his role and the way that he, his legend basically was created, um, I guess with the build up to it, the death, the way that he got into character, um, I think that's just going to live on forever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Scotty? I went with Batman's two father characters, Michael Caine, Alfred. Morgan Freeman as Fox. Uh, Michael. Right. <laughs> did, 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 did Lucius Fox know that he was Batman? Yes. Uh, yeah, fuck yeah. Okay, all right. From the very beginning. Okay. Uh, okay, so next one. Hey, was that? I went with uh, Anthony Michael Hall playing, I think, Mike Engel in The Dark Knight, who's the one that wants to... Uh, or, sorry, he does the reporting of... What do you call it? He... Uh, does it report all the little weird news reports yes. on what's happening? Uh, He's so like I what we a... all hope, like Sean Hannity and now uh, Tucker Carlson becomes. Like, wouldn't uh, that be great Tucker. in real life? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It wouldn't be great to see that actually happen. <laughs> all right. Uh, Mike, Scott, what do you guys got? Um, I'm going to have to go with uh, the man that I mentioned earlier, Mr. Tiny Zeus Lister. Debo! Debo! <laughs> Debo, <laughs> uh, he plays the prisoner. Give me that switch. <laughs> and then uh, I'm gonna also have to go with uh, Mark Boone Jr. Um, for those of you who don't know him, he's he plays Bobby from Sons of Anarchy, um, and he's in he's in the the first movie as Detective Flass. Uh, I came in with uh, Ben Mendelsohn. So, Ooh, nice. 
Most nice. people, you may not like, you, you don't know that you know this guy, but you definitely know this guy. So, like, he's the bad guy in Rogue One. Uh, he's in that really good Netflix show about the family in Florida that, like, blows up a boat and kills their family. They own a resort. Oh, the Oz- oh Ozark. No, not Ozark. Oh, no. It's the... Uh, oh, the one with the... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's in... Whatever. It's, he's from that. Uh, he's from Killing Them Softly. That's a very hard reference to a And what's it called? Uh, and uh, what do you call it? Ready Player One. Ready Player One. Also the bad guy. Great, great call out. Uh, That's a great call out too, actually. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you he know plays a good him. Asshole. Yeah, he plays a great asshole. He has kind of like an evil lisp. So he's the guy with the, like the lisp. Like, uh, oh, so what's going to happen right now? Really, unli- really unlikable. Very unlikable guy. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's like seedy version of Ernest. Right. So he was the guy who was like, uh, financing Baines. Correct. He was John Daggett. How the hell does she get on the Wayne board? Is she fucking yeah. him? <laughs> Yo, his lisp is definitely I iconic. I for you. <laughs> because you don't really see too many actors with the lisp, but... I want to say the one role that he did play that wasn't an asshole. Um, Captain Marvel? No, uh, The Outsider. The series. That oh, oh, shit. That's right. He is he in that because I watched detective. the. I've yeah. only watched the first episode. That's why I didn't say anything earlier. I don't want any spoilers. <laughs> I'm not caught up yet. Yeah. No, that's a, that was a good pick for sure. Uh, so next, to- all right, next topic, we've got uh, Stone Cold Appearance. Um, I went ahead and went with uh, Eric Roberts as Maroney and Tom Wilkinson as Falcone. All right, just two good bad, okay. two mid-level bad guys. Right, Tom Wilkinson just leaves. Like I think he has a great quote in there. Right, look, he goes, "You think your heart, you think your little life is hard just because your little parents died, right?" And then uh, he brings up the point that like, he fucking like he completely suns the shit out of fucking Bruce Wayne on the, in this <laughs> scene. He goes, look, he goes, you, he goes, look, he goes, you want to uh, hop around here like, you know, I can't, he goes, you think that uh, things are so bad and that I can't, uh, I can't get to you because you have nothing left to live for. What about your little DA friend, right? And then you just look at the acting on his face and you see, you see how fucking small Christian Bale uh, feels in that scene or how Bruce Wayne's character feels in that scene, right? Then he's just like, look, he goes, you got a politician over there. He goes, that's fucking power you can't buy, right? Love it. Fuck yeah. All right. What do you guys got? Um, I'm gonna have to go with Liam Neeson, and um, I guess he wasn't really like much of a stone cold appearance because he was he was one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but any excuse that I have to say Liam Neeson, um, <laughs> shout out, <laughs> shout out to Key and Peele. Um, yeah, and any opportunity I get to say it, I'm gonna say it. But yeah, to go into his uh, his character, I mean, obviously you mentioned he played Henry Ducard, aka Rasal Ghoul. But he has some good lines in there, um, and I think that his character then tied into the storyline now for uh, The Dark Knight Returns, because now we have his daughter coming in and trying to right. basically finish off what he started. Yeah. I have a question. Um, yeah. Did he know that Bruce Wayne was Batman or had never seen Batman before at the end of Batman Begins? Because he has a quote, uh, Liam Neeson, because he, he goes, he sees Batman, he goes... Don't you think? Don't you think that you're taking uh, my quote around? Uh, what do you call it? Uh, he says something around oh, like. Oh, he don't knew you think the whole taking... time. He knew the whole time. Okay, yeah, all right, but okay, was it just that he had never seen what Batman looks like at that point, or something, or wasn't aware of what he looked like? 
No, he thought that uh, Bruce would recognize him. And no, 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 no. We're not talking about the same scene. When he, oh. not when he sees him. When Bruce Wayne sees that he's returned, it's when they fight on the train. Batman appears, and then he goes, "Hmm." He goes, "Don't you think that you're taking my quote around uh, hiding in the shadows a little bit too seriously?" Because he's like shocked at, right? Like, yeah, because right, right. I guess it's the first time he's seen him in the Batman uniform. But the way he says it, it's almost like he hadn't known that he had been running as Batman, that he'd been running around dressed as a bat or something. Yeah, well, I'm I sure he probably. I'm sure he probably knew it was him. Like he trained him in well, okay, the yeah. martial arts of ninjutsu. So he was like, making fun moves. of his new ninja suit. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Tech. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Because I always, I was like, I was like, well, didn't you go to him when, when in the in the castle and talk about, or in the Wayne Manor and talk about how uh, you seen that you've heard of somebody doing all this stuff and you knew it was him? Yes. And I was like, but then when he sees yeah. him later on, it's just like, yeah. He's like they shocked. Burn his, they burn his whole house down like 30 minutes yeah. through the movie. <laughs> okay, yeah. I love how Scott's like, his timeline's on when things happen in the movie. It's like all over the place. It's yeah. all circular, man. Yeah. Bane's, Bane's <laughs> second scene is he fucking blows up the stadium. Oh, he burns the house down within 30 minutes. All right. Well, because I look at, I look at timelines by character. So okay. like each character has their own timeline within the. Okay. All right. Story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what? Who do you got for Stone Cold appearance? Uh, I do. Well, so okay. So I should say Marion Cotillard, just to be like super woke on our episode about this. But like, that's actually not who I'm gonna say. I think that Aiden Gillen, whom I mentioned oh, earlier. Uh-huh. Uh, who plays Thomas Carcetti, Tommy Carcetti in The Wire, and, and here's more importantly, plays Littlefinger in Game of Thrones. So good. He totally owns the scene. I remember him, maybe because I love The Wire and he was Thomas Carcetti, but I remember him the rest of the entire movie, and he's in the very mm-hmm. first scene. That's impressive. And he was in, he was in, uh, he was in Dark Knight Rises? Yes, the very first scene. Okay. okay, all right. There we go. Okay. All right, good. That's a great Stone Cold to, appearance. What's up? Do you care up? to fact check him? I was going to say, do you care to fact check no, him? No, I trust him. He's the the very first scene. He's the, he's the yeah, FBI he's right. agent he's right. who unhoods... Uh, I think he's a CIA uh, agent. He's a CIA plane. CIA yeah, he's, he's whatever, a, yeah. He's a CIA operative. You're right. I just fact checked you. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, what a dick. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> he, so shoots that, it, he shoots his gun out the window. Yeah. And he goes, uh, uh, oh, Perhaps he's wondering why a man would shoot yes. him before. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he makes up two quotes there. But all yeah, right. Let's go to uh, best, so best film of the series. I, I went with Batman Begins. I'm sorry. Batman Begins. Uh, I thought it was. It um, made the most on. sense. I have, I have one more to add to the hey, was okay. that? Um, I'm oh, gonna my, have to go with the fourth it. time we've had to like, go back. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm I'm, I'm kidding. I was no, no, go for it. Go for Bauer. it. No, well, I was gonna mention uh, Noel Guglielmi, which if no one knows who he is, he's the guy that plays every Mexican gangster in every movie that has a Mexican gangster in it. I thought that. Oh yeah, your boy from. Uh, yeah, you're right. He's in. Uh, he's in uh, he Fast plays, and the Furious and he- in. Uh, yep, Hector. Well, <laughs> Hector from the first Fast and the Furious. Yeah. <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah. Then he. Yeah. He also played the. He played the Mexican gangster in uh, Purge Anarchy and in uh, Training Day. <laughs> Dude, he he plays a Mexican gangster in any movie that. Wait, has which a one is Training Day? Which one? Uh, he's the one. The one, he's the one that him. says. 
He's the one you that has. Your shit pushed in? You ever got? Yep, exactly. Wait, what was the line? You ever got your you... shit pushed in? Oh yeah, I love that dude. I met him at Starbucks one time. Shut the fuck up. I swear, he's awesome. What? Did you talk he's, to him? He's he's not that tall, but he's so fucking jacked. Like he's really? wide as fuck. Like that's why Is he looks so big, fat? dude. No, 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 not fat. Like he's broad. Like he's way okay. broader than me. Like I'm five eleven. I'm not that tall. I'm five eleven. I wear like a forty three or whatever. This dude was like probably five nine, but wore wore like a forty eight. Like his shoulders. Waist or what? Were, no shoulders. Like suit okay. suit size. Like forty two okay. regular. This guy was so broad. And he just ordered like a fucking puff drink, like a cappuccino yeah. or something. It was hilarious. What'd you no. say to him? Uh, I just went up to him. I got my coffee right before him, and he was like yeah. literally there, like when you when you almost bump into the next person beside you. You know, it was him. And I would just go, "Hey, man, I'm a I'm a big fan. I actually really appreciate what you do." And he's like, "Oh, thanks, man. Like you know, like movies I'm in." <laughs> no, and I said a couple, and he was like. Yeah, bro, cool. Like, he did the bro thing. So he tried to fact check you. He was like, you know what movies I'm in? Yeah, like a little bit. Did like he ask he, you to name any? Uh, at that time, uh, actually, I said, I think, I think I said Training Day because I think that's basically what You, you guys know he was also in the Training Day TV series also? No, I didn't yeah. even know that, that series. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he actually. That series, that series yeah, yeah. didn't last. Yeah, I know he was. Yeah, he actually was in quite a few episodes of it too. I don't think he was in Breaking Bad by the time I saw him. Is is what I mean though. Nah, he never was in Breaking Bad. But one of the guys that was in Training Day. Was, oh, uh, that's the I got my shit pushed in big time. Was that? Guy. Uh, he's yeah, 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 yeah. Him, yeah. Oh, that's a, he okay. also plays. Yeah, he's the one that plays Tuco Salamanca. Yes. Oh, that's the one I met at Starbucks. Yeah. Oh, because okay. the one yeah, no, guy, no, the the main guy. So this is what's interesting. This is why I brought it up. The main guy in Training Day of like the I'm air quoting, yeah, we know he's not really. Mexican, he's not really. He's like Lebanese or something. He's not even no, Mexican no, at all. No, Oh, the main guy. Yeah, yeah. Smiley. Curtis. Yes, yeah, Smiley. Yeah, he's uh he's from New Zealand. Yeah. Oh, New Zealand. He's like New Zealand and Lebanese or something. I think he's. Some, uh, no, he's Maori. Kind of he's Maori, bro. Yeah, oh, he's Jesus. Maori. All right, whatever. He looks fucking <laughs> Lebanese as fuck. He doesn't look. No, Mexican. no, he doesn't. He doesn't look Lebanese, but all right. Yeah, he uh, does. All right, let's get, all right, let's continue on here. <laughs> no, he doesn't. All right, uh, best episode, the best, uh, best of the movie. I put Batman Begins. I just thought it was the tightest of the uh, three scripts, and I thought that it petered off the least amount of time. And I actually like rewatching that more than all the others. Um. I think it's hard to choose, right? Because all three of them are good. Mm-hmm. Some are a little bit better than the others. And so I, I think there's no wrong way you can go with choosing the best film. Um, I'm going to have to go with The Dark Knight, just because even though we mentioned earlier it could have made it a little shorter, I think just the movie itself and... The way that everyone was upset that, you know, it didn't win awards. It, it just comes to show you how good that film was. And I think it getting snubbed kind of, like, tops it, you know? To say, like, hey, this movie deserved more... Um, this, this movie deserved more credit than what it was given. And people mm-hmm. are going to remember it forever because of the build-up to it. You know, with Heath Ledger dying. And then even the situations that came uh, from it. 
I think you're always going to remember that movie out of the other two in the series. Mike, I disagree with you here. I don't think all three movies were that close. I think The Dark Knight was a thousand times better than all Yeah. I mean, okay. I, th- I think you make a good point. Um, I think you also uh, reiterated what we said earlier about how you're unpredictable and how even you saying you agree with me can also mean two different things. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, mean two things. Let, all right, let's go to any continuity issues. Um, I brought up that uh, The Dark Knight Rises, um, this might be why Scott gets confused on some of his things. Uh, there's some weird timing issues. Like, when the cops are in the tunnel, they have no shaving equipment or whatever, um, but they're in there for a long time, and not, not a single one of them grows a beard. Um, I thought that was odd. Then also, when they have the trading trading floor scene, so they talk about, I don't know how, what, how their Wall Street works, but, like, opening bell happens, and it's, like, clearly daylight. By the time they get out of there, which is seen to only have been six to eight minutes later it's like pitch black dark when they leave made no sense i don't know how days fucking work or how time works um in the dark knight rises some of that didn't make sense last thing about the dark knight rises as well so they're rebuilding wayne manor right it looks older in dark knight rises than it did in batman begins and also they have like fucking generators they rebuilt the place at the time they had this, when they have all this other shit, they're not using generators. They're using fucking central heating. So that kind of shit was just, eh, all right, nitpicky. Somebody's just, I'm like, all right, look, do they just forget that the place had burned down in the first one? They're like, all right, let's just fucking redo this, you know? What do you guys got? Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to say that the changing of characters. So uh, Rachel Dawes went from being played by Katie Holmes to the. Someone who's very attractive. <laughs> um. I mean, I didn't have an issue with it, so to say, from, like, the level of attractiveness, like you said, or the uh, level of skill from an actress portrayal. But my whole thing with it is if you're going to replace a character, at least replace it with someone that looks similar to the person that's replacing. So at least there's not too much of a difference. Um, That's the only thing that I really have to say, like, I I had an issue with. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't so off the wall like when they replaced uh, Don or when they replaced when they had Don Cheadle replace um, <laughs> Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard and in, in Iron Man. I mean that that was like a complete one eighty, right? Or like how yeah. we mentioned it, what you know. So. Oh, nice. I, I guess well Wiggins, you had mentioned that there was a, a situation with uh, Katie Holmes not wanting to return. So can you kind of just elaborate a little more on that? No, I really don't care to. It's, it's, it's <laughs> irrelevant. Like. Well, maybe the listeners want to know. I don't know. I mean, no. what? <laughs> at this point, she, she just... also liked Tom Cruise at one point, like a lot. So who cares? <laughs> um, yeah. so she was only one movie. Like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to add more content. My bad. But, but, all right, all right, fine. Look, she... I mean, okay, she, I think she, like, the the reason I didn't care to go into it, because there's, like, a bunch of different sides of the story that they didn't want her back, and then that she chose not to, and she chose to do the movie Mad Money instead, uh, which came out, like, uh, maybe, like, a year and a half later or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But then there's there's rumors that nobody, like, wanted to reach out to her, or, or that they didn't want to reach out to her, and so she put out a press release how she turned down doing it again, which I just don't believe, so that's why I don't, there's nothing definitive, so I'm like, eh, it's <laughs> They garbage. reached out to her last, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. She was like, 
it was like uh, every other actor was available in Prime, like Prime pre pre next day delivery. And Katie Holmes was like available for seven days later, and you're like, I don't know, maybe like I'll find order. maybe I'll yeah, maybe I'll find someone who's available Prime. Like, <laughs> she I mean, was I like just... the hand she was like the hand sanitizer on Prime. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I I just feel like what do you call it? Uh, yeah, I doubt that she turned it down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, so my continuity continuity issues were that uh, okay. So like, first of all, uh, Bruce Wayne he saw his parents die, and then he before that he fell in a well and hated bats or whatever. And then he saw his parents die, and then he, and then he fell and saw some bats again, and then he. He grows up like hating being rich and hating being part of this city or whatever, which which I get because it's all representative of the like parents he doesn't have. But then he goes overseas and he wants to become a criminal. And what he does is steal boxes of things that say Wayne Enterprise on them. Like, dude, if you're a monopoly, like Coca Cola doesn't have like Coca Cola with vitamins and water. It's like vitamin water different brand you're not that obvious about like what a monopoly you You know like this it would be more subtle but but it's like an over-the-top gesture to say like he's not really stealing like this dude's like jesus which is just ridiculous okay yeah all right so good point like maybe they should have named it something else like a subcorporation name yeah Uh, like you got hostess got Hostess has a lot of different things. Kroger's got a lot of different things. You gotta diversify those names. So music and so music. Uh, I thought the score was. It, I mean, it was okay. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Hans Zimmer did a good job, but it's just forgettable for me. Forgettable. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I thought the music was good, but it, it wasn't anything that stood out. You know. Sing a melody right now from the song. Yeah, yeah, sing a melody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no one remembers anything. Yeah, Danny Elfman did a great job on the original. Um, this thing is just yeah. All right, what is it? Yeah, I think I know the nineties one better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This this one they I remember that the only thing I remember about this is that like when it was third down and seven during a Panthers game, they would play like, uh, they would play the melody for this or whatever. And it's just, and I'm like, eh, right. And then like, they have that dun, 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 dun. I'm like, this is stupid. I, yeah, you know, it's forgettable. Yeah. You did better on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, timeless versus time pass it by, um, I actually, yeah, I think the Occupy Wall Street stuff uh, was relevant, sort of, uh, sort of for the time. Th- well, I say it was relevant when it came out, right? Um, and it still, I mean, it still makes like a lot of sense right now. Then I think sort of the theme around Batman begins. Why do we fall to pick ourselves up? Um, I think those things, those things are timeless. Uh, let's see, time passes by. Uh, Batman was Batman was kind of rapey in the Dark Knight. You know, she clearly has a fiance, and he's sitting there continuing trying to make out with her. Just yeah. Hello. We take this brief pause to have a public service announcement about our dearly beloved Chris Wiggins. 
being dropped off from the internet by coronavirus. The last part of our segment and conclusion of the show, uh, as you will hear, valued listeners, uh, is completed by Mike and myself. We had many technical difficulties throughout recording this entire episode because of uh, spotty internet coverage, and it's pretty late in the night, which you may hear in both uh, the content and the quality of our voices. But without th- further ado, uh, please enjoy the, the remaining section of the show, and uh, as always, thanks for listening. Hello, we take this brief pause to have a public service announcement about our dearly beloved Chris Wiggins being dropped off from the internet by coronavirus. The last part of our segment and conclusion of the show, uh, as you will hear, valued listeners, uh, is completed by Mike and myself. We had many technical difficulties throughout recording this entire episode because of uh, spotty internet coverage, and it's pretty late in the night, which you may hear in both uh, the content and the quality of our voices. But without further ado, uh, please enjoy the the remaining section of the show, and uh, as always, thanks for listening. Hello, we take this brief pause to have a public service announcement about our dearly beloved Chris Wiggins being dropped off from the internet by coronavirus. The last part of our segment and conclusion of the show, uh, as you will hear, valued listeners, uh, is completed by Mike and myself. We had many technical difficulties throughout recording this entire episode because of uh, spotty internet coverage and It's pretty late in the night, which you may hear in both uh, the content and the quality of our voices. But without further ado, uh, please enjoy the the remaining section of the show. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. The presenting sponsor of the Avengers Assemble is our friend over at John Naughty Law Group. No, that's Naughty Law Group. John Naughty's a main man. He's going to need some help, all right? With with the episode we're covering, those folks need a lot of support the way that he can support you though is we're talking about we want the people's lawyer the man with the plan the guy who's going to represent you for anything that you have look it's COVID-19 there's a lot of fears going on the coronavirus is absolutely crazy you know people are going wild out there your landlord's not going to be acting with your best interest he might just try to evict you knowing you cannot pay for anything knowing that it's breaking the lease agreement John Naughty's a guy that go and take care of that with his firm over the Naughty Law Group. He'll make sure that you get the verdict that you're looking for. You can say, you know what? Let's go ahead and go to court. I want everybody to know what's going on. I want the public to see what the, what kind of what kind of individuals we're dealing with. Or you can just say, you know what? Let's go ahead and get rid of this. Let's wash my hands a bit and let's get a nice little settlement or something like that. John Naughty's going to represent you perfectly and he's going to get you what works best for you. So you check him out over at the NaughtyLawGroup.com. Gentlemen, I got to tell you. Who's Batman? Christian Bale. Michael Keaton. Oh, I got I came in too late there. Michael Keaton. <laughs> All right. Oh, two versus one. Well, we're going to be discussing that and other things here today on the Avengers Assemble because we're talking about the Nolan Batman trilogy. First, here's some festive theme music. 
No, 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 no. Oh, we're doing so much better than those old Batman movies. We're talking about the Nolan trilogy here on the Bingers Assemble. Everybody, welcome back. I am Chris Wiggins. As always, I am joined by our good friend. We've got the king of comics and the resident comic for our show, Scotty Bauer. Man, what's happening, baby? Pow! Bang! <laughs> laugh! <laughs> and and as always uh the look i'm talking about this guy knows what's good if you want a new superhero to come out there's no better person at pr and marketing than you know what's good mikey padilla man what's happening baby what up what up what's good you're yeah, the batman I'm, of marketing you're not the robin of marketing don't let anybody <laughs> yeah. tell you different oh yeah straight up the best well, I investigator to, i was trying to think of like a mexican villain from Batman, but there are none, so. <laughs> <laughs> all, all, all those people in his rogue galleries and not a single, not a single uh, Latino, huh? I mean, there's Diablo. He's he's part of the DC universe, right? <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, guys, um, we've got to, we're going to go back in time really quickly here to, this all started around the year 2005 when a, uh, I think it's safe to call him a lowly director at the time. That being Chris Nolan, he had a few. He had some. He had a few hits, and uh, really movies that sort of caught your eye and said, "This guy is a great storyteller." That being, I want to say, uh, you had Panic Room, um, Memento, and Memento at the time, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I think I think he had. Wait, following hated Memento that movie, which one? Hated that movie, Memento. Well, hopefully you feel a little, lot better. No, I don't hate it now, but I hated it then. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you hated Panic Room. Yeah. I didn't hate Panic Room actually. Okay. Um, Panic Room so, was interesting. It was interesting. Uh, that's a that's maybe the best word ever for it. Interesting. interesting. Three minutes interesting in, and movie, we're talking yeah. about. We're, three minutes in, and we're already talking about is. <laughs> this is Bingers, yo. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so, all right, we gotta get to getting to so. Christopher Nolan, British British director. We know him to be wonderful at the time. At the time, a lot of people thought, "Hey, this is extremely odd." That you have a guy who's known for making more quirky, serious movies you know, from following, uh, you know, Memento and then Panic Room and Insomnia, and to being able to be put in charge of the Batman Begins. We got to really go back a little bit further because I know that I said we're going back into uh, back to 2005, but let's get that time machine rolling. And we've got we cannot tell the story about how this came to be without talking a little bit. 1990s. Oh, damn! So your favorite era. Yeah. So uh, now, previously, the Batman you you had originally had Tim Burton doing Batman and Batman Returns. I think those were '89 and '92, respectively. And then Joel Schumacher, another quirky director, will say, took over. And you had movies like Batman Forever and Batman Robin, Batman and Robin. Now, both of those being critical uh, nightmares, but box office successes. Uh, Warner Brothers started thinking, hey, are comic book movies ready for us? And really the whole industry started to do that. I think Blade showed people that you can do a comic book movie, even though people did not know that it was a comic book movie at the time. Oh, Blade rocks. Really quick uh, question. Yeah, really quick question. Who, who, had, who else had those Batman, Tim, Tim Burton Batman toys? Like that too Batmobile. Was you were too young? Yeah. You were too young for the Ghostbuster toys too? Like Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. No. Nah. It, like, it was like I had I had whole different worlds, man. I could like have Batman fighting ghosts. It was like I the same a... it was like the same time. <laughs> I had the uh, Ghostbusters toys, but 
showing again my poverty level. I picked those up at a garage sale, and I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, like, cool. like, yeah, they like use like dirt, <laughs> like, like dirt on them, and like black I mean, stuff. It- all I knew the, I, I, like I, knew the <laughs> I was saying I knew the movie because I'd rented it at the library and shit. He so had, I was like, all right, fuck di- yeah. He had didn't stay puffed. <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah, he's like a, he had like an emaciated stay puffed marshmallow. Uh so uh, Batman so Batman Batman Forever, it was done done by Joel Schumacher. Val Kilmer and Chris O'Donnell were in it, as well as Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey. Movie it grossed 336 million on a budget of 100 million. Then came Batman, uh, Batman and Robin with Chris O'Donnell back in it. Then this time with George Clooney, Uma Thurman, uh, Alicia Silverstone, and uh, the Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. This movie cost between 120 to 160 and only grossed 238. It was comically panned, especially for one of the facts that they had a uh, nip or a bunch of sh- different random shots of when. They would put on their uniforms, and they had bat, they had nipples on it that they prominently showed. And Warner Brothers and the whole industry decided, okay, is this for us? So Christopher Nolan came in. So X Men had come out, and then that revived the industry. And then Spider Man came out, and it's just like, bam! These movies are just like absolute crazy. Um, Josh Whedon, who would go on to do the Avengers originally. Um, what he he had he had pitched a movie he had pitched a movie to Warner Brothers back in December of 2002 and then Warner Brothers decided no we don't want this it's going to be an origin story and they came and said hey you know what Christopher Nolan yourself and this gentleman David S Goyer we want you two to come write things now if you know David S Goyer when we this all comes back to play when we talked about Blade showing people that hey comic movies cannot be stupid and not be campy um, David S Goyer was the one who wrote Blade the Braid trilogy. And he came around and he penned the script for Batman Begins. The comics, while... or sorry to interrupt, the comics of the Blade version or the movie trilogy of the of the, the movie trilogy. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, very okay. That makes more sense. Yeah, certainly. Uh, so he comes in. He comes in. He come, you know, comes in. Writes uh writes Blade. Writes Blade Two. Um, obviously he does uh Blade Trinity Two and directs it or so. Um, but then he goes on to writing uh, Batman Begins. And that brings us to this trilogy in play, um, guys. I gotta think. Let's let's if we if you guys can put on your time machine mode and think back to hey, it's 2004. That first trailer comes out. Uh, they have like a voiceover. Uh, they have voiceover. Well, let, before we get into that, right? Let's let's make sure everybody knows who's in these uh, uh, this trilogy. This Batman, cho- Chris, Christian Bale, is cho- chosen to play Batman. Um, first trailer comes out. It, you got you got a voiceover by uh, what's his what's his name? Uh, what's your favorite guy? The Scottish guy, um, Michael Cried. Other guy, <laughs> other guy. Is he Irish? Oh, uh, he's Irish. Yeah, he's quite gone. Liam Neeson. Liam, Liam Neeson. Neeson. Okay. Liam Neeson, and then they have Imagine. a quick cameo of Morgan Freeman. What did you guys think when you first saw this trailer? Do you remember? Um, yeah, I mean, I remember seeing the trailer and I was thinking to myself, like, all right, like, is, is this going to be like another lame movie? Because it, it looked cool. But again, the trailers tend to be disappointing sometimes with uh, movies that are overhyped. So I was a little skeptical about it. Once I saw it, though, I mean, I was completely blown away. Like, all my skepticism went out the window. Mm-hmm. Scott? I'll be honest, the first time I saw this movie was, uh, like, when it made it to DVD or um, HBO or something like that. Like, like I, I was just sort of, nah, you know, Michael Keaton's Batman. I don't really 
whatever this version is, cool. Plus, I was always a Marvel person, uh-huh. and so the whole DC, like, yeah, cool, he's got a belt. Eh, whatever. Like, I was never super into Batman. I'm just straight up about comics as a kid. I wasn't. So, so yeah, the, fir- the first time I saw Batman Begins was, like, in college or, or I don't know, whenever it came out. When, when did it come out? 2005? So that was, like, mm-hmm. senior. Yeah, that's when I graduated college. Mm, uh, okay. As a 16-year-old. So uh, <laughs> uh, you're on that Doogie Howser shit, huh? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so yeah, no, this first time, uh, and likewise, what Mike said. So for myself, uh, I'm not gonna lie. Immediately, I was like, yeah, I. Uh, now you guys understand. So from 2002, I saw Men in Black two in theaters. I didn't see another movie in theaters until Friday Night Lights in 2004. I don't remember where the trailer for this it came, but uh, I was just to the point where, hey, you know what? I'm not watching a lot of movies in theaters. I saw this trailer and I said, mom, stepdad, uh, real sister um, and stepsister, I have to go see this movie. Um, and I remember in like, that order, in that order, in that exact order, in that order. Yeah. I remember the whole family. We went to go see this together. I think my sister was already at the house at the time. So it was, it was just, yeah, I guess it was my stepsister, myself and stepdad and my mom went to see this and they, I've been bugging them for weeks. Like Batman's coming out, Batman, right? You got to understand. I, the Batman, the animated series, uh, I had toys. I had the toy where you can dress Bruce Wayne up and rip the bat costume off. I had Batman. So by this time, were you still seeing matinees and also sneaking candy in? Uh, I was still sneaking candy in. Um, I think I was still seeing matinees. I had a job, um, at okay. Ralph's at the time, which was right by the cinema star Ralph's. movie theater. Nice. Yep. Um, so I had a, I had a lot of cash and I was, but I was still cheap. So, so um, remember the first movie experience you had, and there was that nice gentleman who who you said you had a moment with. That was uh, I, okay. I, you said I had a moment with I, and that was also not the first movie you had I saw. A moment with him, and then he <laughs> this he guy pardoned you from. Uh, he knew that you had candy. Yeah, and you and then you struck a lifelong friendship with him, and then later on. Uh, as he was aging, but you kept continuing to go back to his movie theater, there was a golden ticket that he gave you that he literally got from uh, Houdini many, many years prior. And when you decided to uh, strike that ticket for for the game, uh, the characters within the movie, the living came came out into So screen. the last action hero. <laughs> Okay, so the last yeah, action. Exactly. What I was waiting for you to be done, but I was like, "All right, this is, I just feel like we're gonna get the whole plot." To- no, no, but but Wiggins, you have a point there though, because the the animated series was pretty dope. I remember watching that every. Um, Everything with Batman every, was dope for me. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying like, I remember it used to come on the WB, and I used to, I remember it used to be dope. I even used to fuck with, um, and I don't know if you like this one, but Batman Beyond, where the uh, I didn't like it. You didn't like that one? Well, it's, I mean, it's like it's kind of sad, you know. It's sad, but it it was a different it was a different perspective. Things were bleak. Like he like he was on welfare and like you know. Was like, he oh, fighting oh. climate change? Is that what it was about? <laughs> climate change. <laughs> climate change wasn't a thing yet. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't God. like Batman Beyond. Or, 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 yeah, I thought it was. I was like, yeah, I saw the preview and I was like, or I saw the preview, watched the uh, series opener. I was like, yeah, I was like, I, I want to see everyone else, you know, like, you know, they had. Bruce Wayne was old in it, right? I was everything Batman, right? Like Adam West, right? I had pajamas, underwear. Like, you know, I give had the little the Valentine's cards you give people. I always he had a Batman neck ones. then. He had a neck What's up? Back then. He had a neck back then. 
He had a neck? Yeah, like he doesn't have a neck anymore, Adam West. Okay, I think he's dead. (laughs) Well, like, the last 10 years of his life, he didn't have a neck. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Um, I liked everything Batman. Um, so and like, I'm not gonna lie. I, I we talk here like about Batman and Robin and Batman and Re- Forever Sucking. Uh, I still think that those are great movies. Like legit. I, I no, no Batman. Batman Forever Sucks. Yeah. Right. So like, I, I mean, yeah, right, maybe they're not terrible. great movies, but I love watching them. Just yeah. Val I saw, Kilmer. Uh, yeah, I saw Batman and Robin. I remember I saw it in Oakland, and I was like, yeah, this is great. All right then, then I heard people saying that it sucked. I was like, "What the hell?" All right, I was like, "You guys suck." Um. Anyways, so, so how do family... you guys think I'm a Marvel movie homer? Chris is definitely a Batman movie homer. Yeah, I am. Yeah, everyone knows that. <laughs> no, I, I like. I think all Batman's have been great. So, like, I just like 100. Um, this movie comes out June 15th, 2000, and June 15th, 2005. It was just a few days before my birthday. The whole family went to see it. Um. Grossed $48 million opening weekend. I remember I ran out. I was like, hey, everyone, this movie is so great. It went on to great uh, to gross about $372 million worldwide. 85% uh, approval on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Mike, you had talked a little bit about how you weren't necessarily excited for it. Then you saw it and you were impressed. Tell us a little bit more about like this. Well, yeah. The reason is because of how disappointed I was with like Batman Forever. Like. Batman Forever had a dope cast. If you look at it, look at just the lineup, like Jim Carrey as a Riddler, Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face, Val Kilmer as Batman, which is a little questionable. I fucked with Val Kilmer when he was in Tombstone, great. but that's a different he's a, story. He's a great Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I mean, he did a good job, but I'm saying, like, you don't Bruce look Wayne. at him. He looks it, like a billionaire. It, it's like when they casted Ben Affleck as Batman. You look at him, you're like, he's a dope actor, he's cool, but he's not Batman. And well, I, I guess thought he was a great Batman. Uh, well, I beg to differ. But I think he just... was just playing the saint, and then like Batman, yeah. like Bruce Wayne was one of the saint characters, and then Batman was one of the other saint characters. It didn't yeah, work. Too, too bad our our uh, Val Kilmer lookalikes not on this episode. He's well, uh, saving he, saving <laughs> saving lives. Yeah, it's wife, he's, wife, he's, yeah, he's celebrating his birthday. Yeah, wife's birthday. Wife's birthday. Wife's yeah, we'll, birthday. We'll wife's birthday. Yeah, we'll get the shout out to right. shout Mike, out to uh, the cinema tell, assassin. Uh, shout out yeah. to the cinema assassin Chris Hill. Miss you. I need you on here. Well, I mean, it's not like they're doing anything on his birthday. They're married, so he's also celebrating his birthday. (laughs) His wife's birthday. (laughs) Anyway, all right. Yeah, Mike, continue. So, uh, so like I was saying, you know, these movies get overhyped. You as a kid, you're a fan of the series. You get disappointed. So, again, I'm looking at these trailers, and I'm looking at Christian Bale's Batman. I'm like, "Eh, I'm not really too sure how I feel about this, right? Especially because I'm used to the disappointment from the movies. But once I saw it, I mean, all of my skepticism went out the window. I completely took back all the criticism that I had for it. And I was like, you know what? I'm sold. These movies are dope. And when I found out they're making a sequel, that shit was incredible. Mm-hmm. Like hands down, a oh, big time, big time. God, what did you think after you saw this? You you were uh, what you're watching? Uh, you were, what you're watching? You said you were watching uh, it on HBO or something like that. Yeah, HBO or DVD, one of the two. What, all right, what were your thoughts when it came out? Because since you, you you didn't have any respect for uh, Batman or DC, I d- well, I, d- I didn't I didn't have any serious respect. This is my post adolescent idealistic phase, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and no, so. Uh, I would I would say this I give I give some of the other Batman movies credit like you like them but I give them credit and that's a very mm-hmm. different thing like uh, there's a way to do comic book movies 
and there's a way to do comic book movies. Mm-hmm. And Christopher Nolan found the other way to do comic book movies. And that is really like understanding the spirit, like like giving it like serious consideration as an art form. Like this was before the whole, like graphic novels existed, obviously, and comic books are an extension of that. But there's like a whole literary history that was sort of like um, cast aside. It was like graphic novels were like the mimes of comedians or something. It was like just totally not true. Like it's, it's, it's actually fantastic art if you get sort of the theme of it. Look at something like The Walking Dead right now or well, a few years ago. But like yeah. t- totally. And so like uh, these were those versions though. Like the English versions of the story were more from that genre than they were the early comics. Like the early comic stuff was like Adam West, those types of things. Uh, Bane came in, and remember the cartoons were more real time in terms of new stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I remember from the cartoons, like I remember Bane. And so like in that way, it was really really cool. Obviously, I'm fast forwarding, you know, three movies. But yeah. from from this, from, from just from this inception of Raza Ghoul, which sort of seeds and we'll get there of Bane like uh, I thought as an origin story simply as a movie as an origin story is fantastic and the idea that like this came from sort of a children's uh, graphic novel slash comic book he elevated it and I, I was just completely blown away by like the fact that okay it's not just a superhero movie it's a great movie I think that's a good point that you make though because you look at it as like a comic book, kind of like a, a kid's cartoon, like how we talked about like the uh, the animated series. But Christopher Nolan really took it and made it dark, but right. he made it so well. And I think that's the reason why I was kind of skeptical about it. Because not to say that I wasn't a fan of Christian Bale, but like him as an actor, I don't think we had seen like his level yet. Like we saw him as a kid, you know, in Empire of the Sun, you know, but that was like the late total kid you know and then we see him go through like these other roles like he had a role in the midsummer night's dream and then goes from that to like american psycho which he did a very good american psycho was fantastic right 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 (laughs) he killed that role but that's what i'm saying like to play like those types of roles and then now is the batman like it's it's but I'm not that saying was more it's of a Joker role, which is interesting. Right, that's like what American I'm saying. Psycho. Yeah, like American Psycho would have seen him more as like a villain, like the psychotic, like you know, totally. kind of like a kind of like a two face. He's like a... describing Huey Lewis in the news as their first album and their second album to like such detail, while right. he's also using an axe to murder people. Like it was exactly. pretty. It was pretty incredible. Like yeah, he'd be the type of villain that has like a. You know, he's he's a day job by day, and then at night, he's, like, this total opposite, just terrible person. Great point. So, so Batman? But, Great point. But in a way, no, in a way, not I even think... More like Joker, where he's uh, acceptable, like Jekyll and Hyde. Like, Batman isn't right, right, right. Jekyll and Hyde, you know? That's no, but I, I, I think in the Nolan films, he kind of portrayed Batman in that sense, like... He right. kind of took him as like this this a kid who more. saw his totally yeah yeah like this kid who who was obviously disturbed because he saw his parents get murdered, and then he grows up and obviously like I'm not gonna get into the full storyline but about how like he gets into like right. the the order. Goes it wasn't through that an whole su- alter ego. It was like two egos combating. Like who yes. am I? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Totally. Yep. 
Yeah, Scott, so I also like your point sort of around sort of the comic, like graphic novels being something like where uh, comics would uh, or comedians would come up with and everything. Um, this like this movie was actually inspired. Um, the actual writing of it, rather, was actually inspired by uh, Batman: The Long Halloween, which was like a thirteen issue uh, comic book. And uh, I want to say it was from the uh, I want to say it's like the mid uh, sorry mid sort of mid to late uh, mid to late nineties or so. Um, originally, originally, in some of the characters, Katie Holmes, Katie Holmes being Rachel Dawes, that, uh, that role would have been uh, Harvey Dent. However. Um, Goyer had thought that uh, we couldn't do Harvey Dent justice, so we'll just push him back, which we'll get to obviously. Um, the essentially the Batman Year One was another uh, was another sort of uh, limited series comic book or graphic novel, whatever you want to call it, that had inspired this, and that was the Batman origin story. Here in the Long Halloween, it deals with uh, the poisoning of the water supply, which would be uh, Toy probably Story feature. reference. What's up? <laughs> A Toy Story reference? Uh, I thought that was somebody poisoned the uh, somebody poisoned the water hole. Somebody right. poisoned the water hole. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> look, you've seen Batman Begins, right? They, they, yeah. They they uh, they poison the water I supply. Know, I know. Oh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Scott's like, all right, I'm yeah, yeah, thinking yeah. about Batman Returns. <laughs> no, uh, but I I think you made a good point too with like the whole uh, comparison with like the graphic novels. Um, mm-hmm. I think one of the authors that we see have a lot of success with that is Stephen King um I mean a lot of his novels have turned into movies they've turned into into tv series um one of the ones that I really enjoyed that came out recently was The Outsider shout out to The Outsider if you haven't seen it none of you guys have seen it oh I was waiting for Scott to tell, make a reference to like Tom <laughs> Cruise and Rob Lowe like, all good all good I was like, well, shit. <laughs> Like, I guess I guess I'm the only one. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, you know, I remember when this movie came came out. Like, so number one, I loved it just because it was Batman. I was not sold on Christian Bale originally, but then when I saw him, I was like, this is the this. I was like, I was like, this might be the best Batman ever. Um, really, I guess what it comes down to me is uh, though Christian Bale for me, uh, at the, you got to think at this time, you had American Psycho. Um, then I, I I actually liked him in or remember him rather. I hated him in this, but Shaft with John Singleton. Um, and then this yes. movie, I was like, all right, this this guy just plays uh, a fucking annoying rich guy in every movie. Um, and I was like, this guy does not seem like I was like, it seems contrived that he that he's Bruce Wayne and everything. But like as I look back now, I was like, you know what? That's actually a pretty solid portrayal in the sense that hey, this is a guy who has to pretend to be a rich <clears throat> playboy, um, and so he should see it should seem over the top, oh, sorry, over the top and contrived and unnatural and everything. And I hadn't put two and two together if that was like an actual choice by Christian Bale. Now, I've come to love him and think that he's like one of my top five uh, actors uh, working today and all. And I just but I did think just from a Batman standpoint, right, there's no stupid one liners, right, uh, or over the top one liners. Right? There were some like odd one liners, but no, no, no over the top one liners. And he was just just intimidating. I, I think back to that one scene. Where it's uh, Katie Holmes, she's like thinks that her little, she thinks that her little, what do you call it, did something, her little uh, pepper spray or whatever, or taser that she had did something, right? Uh, a guy gets scared, she turns around and it's just like Batman just fucking hanging out on this little fucking rickety ass, uh, what do you call it, train platform, and she just jumps, right? That whole time I was like, oh my, right? And then I think that what, one of the things that drew me into this movie as well is just like that when he first appears during that little when they're at the old 
create warehouses that every comic book uh, character fought in in the 90s or so when he comes there and he just like beats the hell out of them just like the fucking pacing and like the story like the way they told the story during that scene was just so amazing and it really sold the hey this guy is not to be fucked with and why people would be afraid of him and i was like i'm hooked and there's nothing they can do wrong for the next two movies or anything yeah i mean he was just he was more than he was more than human but he was still human you know, like, it, like this Batman, what was so great about it is, like, he would get bruises, he would get cuts. You have these mm-hmm. uh, scenes with Alfred where, where, like, you know, he's repairing them. I love the, I love the scenes with Fox, Morgan Freeman, where, where, like, he's like, here's why I need improvements to the suit. Here's what, like, he was sort of, like, learning on the, he was Luke Skywalker. He was lo- learning on the job. He hadn't, like been raised for this he was raised to be the billionaire which is why he could play that role mm-hmm. he wasn't raised to be the superhero he was figuring that out um, yeah that's a good point yeah, it's pretty cool you know i'll say one problem i had with this movie it's the the second half of it was kind of meh i you know the with the bringing back liam neeson who plays raz al ghul in it uh, originally he showed up as henry ducard the leader of the league of shadows um and like, you didn't think he was. You thought Ra's al Ghul was what Chai Yun Fat, right? Yeah. Oh, that was that was Chai Yun Fat. Yeah, no, no, totally. It wasn't Chai Yun Fat. It was. Oh, um, was it? I'm racist. Ken, Ken, <laughs> uh, Ken Watanabe. Yes, Ken, Ken Watanabe. Oh, Ken Watanabe. Yeah, yeah Watanabe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Also, yeah. from I should have known that because Christopher Nolan uses reuses actors. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I just like for, for me, like I thought that not, when I heard that, like the Scarecrow is going to be a villain, I wanted him to be like the next villain in the uh, if Joel Schumacher had done another movie, which apparently he was going to do called Batman Triumphant. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. I remember I was like 10. And I'm like, oh, fuck, this guy should play uh, this. I, I would like write, draw and crayons who should be in the like, like I do movie covers and then draw who would be in the next movie. Um, I was just hyped on that. And I was like, yeah, there's no Joel Schumacher movie is going to be like. I think I wanted Sylvester Stallone or something like that to play uh, Crane. And so then seeing that this guy, Cillian Murphy, I was like, I, yeah, I was just like, he sucks uh, just in every manner. Like, and you got to understand, right? I think uh, what I think he was in, was he in Sin City? You don't like Cillian Murphy? At the time, I didn't. Good okay. Lord, man, you seem like you're going to bite my foot. Like, all right. Oh, maybe he wasn't in, uh, he wasn't in. Uh, Not sorry, Sin I, City. Cillian yeah, Murphy was in a lot of things. He's fantastic, though. Okay, but at the time, like, well, yeah, he was in 28 Days Later. I was like, eh. So he's in Batman. I was like, who's this fucking fake-ass Mike Greenberg from ESPN-looking dude, right? <laughs> I'm like, I, I wasn't hyped on him as a – I wasn't hyped on him. Then, like, uh, I saw him, right? And I was like, this guy has a punchable face. Then I was like, I like Scarecrow as a villain, right? Just like that scene oh, where he's uh, – so good. He's not scary at all. But the yeah. psychedelics make him so scary. That's why Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yep. just like the, I was like, all right, I was like, Batman's gonna beat the living fuck. Like the first time they confront each other, I was like, Batman's gonna beat the shit out of him. Then he comes out of nowhere. You go, you look like a guy who takes himself too seriously. Why don't you just lighten up and he sets him on fire? And I was like, what? I was like, this is so dope, dude. Right? Yeah, it went, like, yeah. It went hardcore real fast. Like, yeah. And for me, especially as like uh, Tim Tim Burton, sort of like. The world is Batman. It's like we're more concerned about what Gotham is and isn't than we are like the characters. Like this was so raw and real, you know. So yeah, I and my my thing is this. So we only see him after that for two more scenes, essentially, or maybe two or three more scenes, and then it switches over to Ra's al Ghul as a villain, 
where they're pouring the toxin into the water supply and using the water uh, that uh, particle accelerator and everything. And I was like, no. Well, it's the chemical I, that he invented, though. It's okay, different. yeah. But I wanted to see this. I was like, I want to see a, another confrontation, right, of where uh, I wanted to end with Dr. Crane with the scarecrow, um, like getting his ass was zipped and everything, you know? And so yeah. the second movie just kind of petered off. Like, you know, the mansion explodes or gets destroyed. And then the, the whole train crashing thing. I was like, yeah. Mm. I was like, I just wasn't too hyped on it. Thoughts? No, I think you make a good point. Um, I think we see him as, as like the villain and we think like, oh shit, you know, this is going to come down to like a showdown between them at the end. And then it turns into a Ra's al Ghul and like a whole conflict now between Batman and Ra's al Ghul which I think Liam Neeson did a good job playing that role, but um, it kind of switched like gears a little bit. And I think people expected it to be like the typical like superhero versus the main villain. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I kind of that- think that's partly why it was brilliant in some ways. Like I, I don't think the execution was great. Cause I agree that last scene was kind of corny. Um, what, whole, I thought like the whole being on the eye, like the being on the yeah, Arkham, exactly. Or the, yeah. Was it called the Narrows or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean it was all it was essentially like Rikers Island. It it was mm-hmm. all pretty corny. I mean it was like uh, remember um, uh, Gordon is like he gets the Batmobile and he's running through and it's like this parallel heroic story. He has to do things exactly at the same time as Batman is doing things. The thing that I thought was 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 pulled off well about it though was that was Mike what you called it and I think you're right like I think it was a little bit of a Bruce for a loop but like it tucked away the origin story well what I thought was great about it so in this sense usually you have a hero arc it's like oh I have to accomplish one thing and then it's like and next, the space invader comes, and he's like, "Uh oh, I better strap up again." Like, it was a it was a real way of transitioning a villain away from the city he was trying to protect. It was like an outside force that also recognized his city was bad. So it gave him this this sort of new motivation of like, "This is what I need to focus on. This is the city that I need to protect." Because Ra's al Ghul was was centered on uh, that city of origin. So it was like a, a, it was an Odysseus tale, basically. He had to come back to Ithaca and, and have another fight again. Okay, uh, that's a good Ooh, point. Tragedy. Look at that. Um, so, so the, <laughs> to, so, so to move this on, uh, move this along as well. Um, one thing I liked about with with this trilogy, right? So first of all, that movie ends, right? You know, you get the Rachel. Du- it's like, oh, he gets to make out with Katie Holmes. Sorry, you know, I'm like 17. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, right? Um, makes out with Katie. Gets to make out with Katie Holmes. It's like, hell yeah, I can't wait for the next one. Um, I, guys, I have to understand. I have to really drive this point forward. The time period between this movie and The Dark Knight seemed like eternity, and it drove me the fuck crazy. Yeah, the movie- it, yeah it was yeah. like it was like two lifetimes. Yes, three years, but it's felt forever. All right, so I was not even yet a senior in high school when Batman Begins comes out. Then I had completed, I was halfway through college by the time fucking uh, Dark Knight came out. And, like, I went from, like, fucking nappy hair to, like, crisp lineups and everything like that, right? And just all types of shit, right? Um, and then back to nappy hair again. Yeah, fuck you. Um, the- <laughs> so what was happening between 2005 and 2008? Uh... You know, yeah, you know what? All right, here's what's crazy. Okay, this is how this is to really drive forward the time frame between these two movies. By the t- when Batman Begins came out, you could have for 
two and a half months, you could have saw Batman Begins without any concerns if you lived in New Orleans. There was no Hurricane Katrina by the time Batman Begins finished its theatrical run. By the time The Dark Knight came out, the city of New Orleans was still sort of in recovery and there weren't like a lot of movie theaters. Um, George Bush, George W. Bush had high approval ratings when Batman Begins came out. By the time The Dark Knight came out, they were considering electing a black guy. Mm-hmm. That's like, th- that's how far... <laughs> A black wow. guy with the middle name of Hussein, right? Like that's we how we can get more into this. No, we can't. No, we're not going that. to. Yeah. Your, I was just gonna say, we can't forget your, about the famous Kanye your, moment. Your book. Well, oh yeah, that's a great point. I was just gonna say your your favorite director from your favorite Boris Johnson Tory party, Christopher Nolan, mm-hmm. is in charge of these movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I thought we we I thought we stated that at the beginning. That he's in charge. Oh, of that's these. just a pu- that's just a public service announcement. So okay, all right. <laughs> like, you don't want anyone to see Tenet now, right? What is this? Uh, <laughs> what okay. is that movie even about? That movie makes well, no sense. Yeah, we'll get into that one day if there. Yeah. Um, okay, but so okay for the thing is like this movie. Wait, 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 wait. Mike Kanye, go back. Kanye, okay. Malibu, I'm, I'm one still of recovering. The greatest <laughs> moments of all time. I'm still recovering from you mentioning. I'm recovering from you mentioning Boris Johnson. I'm like, whoa, hold on. I didn't know we get into British politics on this show. We don't. I mean, Christopher Nolan, we got to get into British politics with this. We'll get Why? there later on. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't see where, like, okay. All right, like, okay. Nevertheless, um, the time frame, okay, the movie ends with, the movie ends with Gary Old, old uh, sorry, Gary Oldman you know, handing him a card, talking about all this, the list of crimes with this new guy, and he hold, and he sends him a Joker card, right? I jumped up my fucking seat. I was like, hell Fucking yes. Then oh, dude, the I, opening scene. Come on. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Go yeah. back before that. The opening scene of Batman Begins. Oh, we're still talking about the end of that. I'm trying to transition. Oh, the Joker card. Yes. All right. All right. So he hands him this, and I'm just like, please. And then fucking three years, I'm waiting. Right. Um. So you know, you get the announcement that uh, the next movie is going to be called The Dark Knight. I was like. Hell fucking yeah, this is fucking ingenious, right? I was like, there's nothing special about it. It's just fucking ingenious. I hear that Heath Ledger gets cast, right? Okay, so myself and everybody else is just like the kid from Knight's Tale who got it on with Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Um, I, you uh, know, he I was, was like, also hey. in The Patriots. I know, he was that. in The Patriot, and he got and he c- committed suicide in Monsters Ball. And I was like, this guy's and the Joker. And you guys are forgetting the best one, 10 Things I Hate About You. I know, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. I love Which... you, baby, <laughs> and if it's quite all right. He's got all the all the moves. All right, 10 yeah. Things I Hate About You is definitely like that high school film. Like I know damn well Scott Otto was still watching that shit way, that yeah, yeah. way after. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, big time. So, um, so anyway, so now I hear that I hear that Heath Ledger's cast, and we're and we're get, we'll get into the sort of some of the people that have auditioned for this and everything. I wasn't happy. Then, late 2007, I Am Legend comes out, and the trailer. If you guys remember, this is tra- one of the teaser trailers is the Joker, and it's just uh, people will die. Trust me, I'm a man of my word. <laughs> and I was like, hell yes. I was like, I'm all on board. Then another one comes, another trailer comes out like a few weeks later, right? Um, just randomly on TV, and it's the one where uh, 
you know, I think they have a clip of uh, Gary Oldman talking about some. He goes, uh, when they, it's when they pull him into the police station and they're trying to figure out who he is. And they're like, look, they go, uh, there's nothing, there's nothing in his pockets except, uh, uh, what do you call it? Knives and lint, right? And then it's just like a hundred quotables, right? And I was like, Heath Ledger is the greatest fucking actor ever just because I watched these two trailers, right? The one and I, I was, remember, the one I remember is, uh, I forget what he says. And he goes, you're a freak like me. Was that in the trailer? Oh yeah, that was definitely. Oh nice. Okay, yeah. That was like in the second or the third trailer. I forget, but that that was the the moment of the trailer that I totally and, and then and then the laughing one too, of course. And I was yeah. like, uh, this is something different, and Heath Ledger is giving us something. Dude, different. then the best trailer ever, and Mike, we're gonna get some opinion from you. The best trailer ever comes, and it's like him hit me, hit me. Hit me. And then a fucking semi-truck fucking flips over, right? And I was like, oh, right? I fucking, yeah. Orgasmic. All of, like, 2008, um, early Maybe 2008. Maybe the best, like, trailers of any movies oh, yeah. leading up to anything ever. Then, um, yeah, I remember, yeah. I get home from but school they one think, day. But, did, but had he died by the time the trailers came out? Uh, well, two trailers that came out, and then he passed away, and then okay. the trailers got even better. Right. Yeah. So, um, so we can't talk, tell the story of this trilogy without Heath Ledger, obviously. Um, he's famously died in, I think, January 28th, uh, 2008. Um, the, I remember I, January 22nd, sorry, 2008. I remember I came home, I uh, get on Yahoo News at the time, that's how long ago this was. Um, and then I see a picture of, what do you call it? Oh, famous for, like, uh, whoever did editing or copywriting back then is dumb as hell. They go, Oh, actor from the Batman movie dies. Click to see who it is, but there's a picture of Heath Ledger right there on Yahoo News, right? So I was like, all right, whatever. Um, I see this. I immediately became sad, right? I was like, are we not going to see this Batman movie? Um, I had started rewatching everything that Heath Ledger had done at the time. I was like, all right, you know what? I was like, I'm convinced he is going to be dope. Um, shocks everybody, right? That he, you know, he passes away. Anyways, uh, six months. So he dies uh, January 22nd. This movie comes out. The Dark Knight, of course, we're talking about comes out, uh, debuts in New York City, uh, July 14th, 2008, um, and then has wide release July 18th. Um, I can't tell you. So first of all, like between that time he died, right? That was sad. And it obviously helped the movie. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, the viral marketing that was used for this um, was absolutely fucking insane. Just different random uh, promotional websites and, you know, had uh, trailers of like random trailers of like Heath Ledger and then like viral games you can play. If you look at a fucking billboard and you go to the website and stuff like that, it this was absolutely when like the hardware war- wars were going on. Right. Like there wasn't only three platforms of like Amazon, Google or Apple or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there were like 47 different ways of getting media. And it was like, let's yeah. make this flashlight that works on this. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. The worst. Like, yo, I cannot yo, tell you like, how many, for like them, for them to like portray this though, in that manner was crazy because of the time that it came out. in. like, we're talking the era with like You're early right. Facebook, exactly right. like yeah. when MySpace was still this shit, which, uh, Chris Wiggins still has a MySpace. If y'all don't know, <laughs> you can look him up at Chris Wiggins. On MySpace. Um, <laughs> he's, number, he's number two. What's his name? Who's the nerdy Tom, white guy? Like, Tom. Tom. Tom Scott. Yeah. Number, Tom's number one on his top yeah, eight. Yeah, Wiggins is number two. <laughs> nah, but for real though, like, for the time that it was released, I mean, their social media marketing, which was non-existent at the time, was huge. And then, Bro. as you guys were mentioning, like, all the different platforms that they were utilizing to create. They like, had, like, an different... e-bounds world. Uh... 
video, I think. I'm, Yo, I'm being e honest. Like <laughs> Ebon's world. Yeah. Well, I I just remember you would get people were buying pins and like shirts saying I believe in Harley Harvey Dent, and then you had the Why So Serious. You could play like random games and you could remove different like pixels and stuff like that. You had WhySoSerious.com. Um, this company, Forty Two Entertainment, did all of the um, viral marketing for them. Um, essentially, and that helped them became that essentially helped them blow the hell up. Uh, they had done some other things like uh, for the film AI, but this one was the one that just absolutely killed it, uh, put them on the map, and then really put sort of viral marketing on the map where it's like, all right, we're not just going to have like that stupid website if you're going to Stargate.com, which is still up, by the way. That's the very first movie to ever have a website. But Stargate just... was amazing. Space Jam's website is still up too, by the I know, way. I know. It, it looks bad. <laughs> it looks bad. Um, so, yeah, but throughout the, were, throughout if the... I were on a desert island and I had to watch Stargate 1,000 times or Space Jam's one time, I would watch Stargate 1,000 times. What? Nice. Hot take. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, all right. We're not going to get into this. All right. So, um, essentially, also, so The Dark Knight, the very first movie that was filmed specifically for IMAX. Now, I know people like Mike couldn't afford the IMAX screening, so they saw that regular basic-ass one, and the girl didn't, like, call him back or anything like that. But um, <laughs> all of them are... Jesus. <laughs> the friend's like, oh, my God, have you seen The Dark Knight? The girl that went out with Mike was like, oh, it was, it was kind of grainy, nothing special. They're like, what? Well, <laughs> hey, the reason why I got stood up is because the matinee time wasn't convenient. <laughs> right? I remember... So, first of all, right. and before Dad's happy hour began. <laughs> <laughs> Which shout out to Regal, shout out to Regal Cinemas, uh, five dollar Tuesdays back then. That was my bag. Yeah, you couldn't see Dark Knight on five dollar Tuesdays, huh? Nah, nah, you couldn't. Uh, yeah, I feel like, like but then like, by the we, time we, by we the time the August. movie by the time the movie was old enough to where like they did allow it, like no girl <laughs> yeah, was trying to go out on it. <laughs> no one was yeah. trying to go out on a date with me on a Tuesday night. Not at 18 years old. <laughs> nah, but dude, Applebee's got yeah. that 10 p.m. second happy hour on Tuesdays. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, there we know what Scott was doing over in Dayton. <laughs> We're not tip any more cows. Do you want to go? <laughs> we, O'Shea's Auto. We can't hang out in front of O'Shea's uh, or what? O'Callahan's or <laughs> O'Callahan's Auto. No, there's no way over there. We got to go to this Applebee's over here. Uh, so I remember this movie coming out like if you saw it late you were a square like uh, so the Dark Knight and we're going to get into this right but some quick statistics on it budget 185 million dollars um, went on to be the I think at the time it went on to become the second highest grossing movie of all time and the second movie to ever gross a billion dollars uh, I remember just like I didn't like I was I was cast dropped at this time right so I was like to watch on a bootleg website um, but I remember everybody went to go see it and then I was watching the news like the Sunday night after it came out and it's like uh, hey movie grosses what do you call it uh, talks about movie grosses what I think uh opening op opening box weekend office mojo wasn't what's this up when, uh, wasn't this one like box office mojo had also started like this is all around this whole like energy yeah. movie boom thing oh yeah like so uh, like imbd was getting big it was a whole thing it was oh imdb was already stuff. big way big by that time man well i mean i'm saying like uh no, no, this big. No, no, no. those 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 board those chris hill and i were on those message boards back then like big time right <laughs> imdb right. message boards were huge Huge. And for this movie, right, you'd like watch, you'd like look at the message boards and then pretend like you saw the movie, right? If you're me. Um, 
I was going to say, the movie grossed uh, $199.7 million worldwide on its opening weekend. Uh, I think that's 34th all time, and I want to say it was top five at the time. I thought that was absolute bananas, and I would just sat around in my room just like, fuck, I didn't watch it. People are going to know I suck, right? Like, they already know that I suck, right? I was like, this is really just going to drive it forward. Yeah, I was about to say um, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. That's why I took the joke. From, that's why I took the joke from you. All right. Um, this movie was huge, and I think a lot of that had to do with Heath Ledger. And then when you see why this movie absolutely fucking rocked. This is the way that you tell the story. Um, so this movie had a few changes, right? Christian Bale was still in it. Michael Michael Caine was still in it. Uh, Morgan Freeman. That, that way you don't do the impression. No, later Chris. On, Scott. What had uh, happened okay. was what had happened was uh, you were staying home. Um, out of respect, because in the same way that Black Panther was your movie, mm-hmm. uh, The Dark Knight was our movie. Yours? You have nothing in common with Bruce Wayne. Yo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but what gets... do you mean by what does he mean by our movie? Like, yeah. who are you referring yeah, to? Yeah, you're, more, yeah, you're more like the Joker. Or <laughs> oh, well, I'm you, not saying you ain't no Harvey Dent. I'm just white. I was the white people's yeah. movie. You were no, saying a whole lot of respect. So I didn't see Black Panther opening weekend because it was it was it was the awesome movie. So okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, I I, I could kind of see that though because like 2008 was still like the emo era, so like kids were still dying their hair. Hundred like, yeah. percent. They had it. They had it combed down to their face. They oh, definitely. Yeah. They definitely had the scars to show, so uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna give All those same Byron. kids became the incels that the new Joker <laughs> represents by Joaquin Phoenix. All right, yeah, Scott was totally thirty year old Scott was totally like cutting his mouth in a glass glow smile, going like, "Hey, girl, do you want to come watch The Dark Knight with me?" Twenty eight <laughs> year old Scott. All right, and cool. No, I wasn't. <laughs> thirty. Um. No, all right. So a few changes with this movie. So uh, Michael Caine, Christian Bale. Uh, Gary Oldman and Morgan Freeman had all returned. Um, you had some new characters. So Aaron Eckhart was cast as Harvey Dent in this movie. Heath Ledger, obviously, as a Joker. So uh, Katie Holmes, we'll get into this. She had pulled out of it. She had pulled out of this, and she was replaced by Maggie Gyllenhaal. That made me say ill immediately. Um, yo, yo, yo! But hold on, because okay. I, I, I get why people were saying that, like on an attraction level. But Maggie Gyllenhaal is overrated. Like a lot of people kill her for like. Her ability. She's overrated or underrated? What's that? You said she's overrated or underrated? Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. I meant underrated, okay. my bad. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. A lot of people underrated. a lot of people kill her for like her her uh her portrayals, like you know, in, in movies and whatnot and like her abilities as an actress. But aside from being like a cool person, um, and that's just from what I've heard from people, like she is a good actress and like she's had some good roles, like one of her more recent roles that I really enjoyed her in was in uh, was in The Deuce, which, uh, shout out to The Deuce and Franco. I don't know if any of you guys ever watched that show. Fantastic. But, yeah. Oh, damn, I hope we could, like, fucking sandbag Mike again and just, like, don't answer <laughs> when he bitches something. No, 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 but I'm just saying, like, your immediate reaction, like, when you're like, Maggie Gyllenhaal, ew. I'm like, all right, like, are you talking about, like, her as an actress? Are you talking about her, like, characteristics, like, her looks, like... This I is a total Maggie Gyllenhaal. It was a total dumb dude response. Maggie Gyllenhaal 
Thank you. She's not that. No, no, no. I'm saying <laughs> she's not that. First of all, she's not that ugly. Like if if Maggie Gyllenhaal came up to you and was like, Scott, most people would have said she's attractive, and like, she's not that ugly. Like most well, people would have said, all right, she's saying, an attractive. Because no, I'm saying she's <laughs> getting a lot of She's flack. not that ugly, but she is ugly. <laughs> Dude, Katie Holmes is like a ten. Maggie Gyllenhaal is like a six five. Like you're doing well if you pull a Maggie Gyllenhaal on Friday night. All that's all I'm saying. The second thing, the second point of this is. To Mike's point, fantastic acting. Look, she played that love triangle so well in this movie. Like she can, yeah. She she played it so well to the point that he was so conflicted. He still thought she was in love with him, and she wasn't because she was, but she didn't choose him. She like you can be in love with two people at the same time, and that's so hard to like portray in a movie. Like that's and we and we like knew that she was in this movie. It was fantastic. Yes. See, I didn't yeah, get bro, the sense Scott, that she Scott hit that shit on the head, bro. Like he did. that, yeah. I just got the sense that she didn't really like uh, Bruce. Uh, she just seemed like fucking whiny and like. No, she didn't like who he was because he was he was two different people to her. Katie, and uh, that Katie was Holmes, the point. Totally, like Katie Holmes. I think that she was fucking. Jones I think her attitude Trump. towards him though was kind of like one of those like I like you but I don't like. And I, I think her portrayal of it as, like, I don't want to say she led him on, because I think she, she liked one side of him, but there was something about him that she didn't quite like. Oh, yeah, she loved why. him. She loved oh. him, but she didn't like who he had to be. Yeah, but I think that also kind of hits close to home, because I feel like a lot of men can relate to that shit. Like, 100%. Chris, Wiggin, Chris Wiggins, I'm sure, can relate to it. I can relate to it. Bauer, you can relate to it. Like, everybody's been through a situation like that before where they've been, like, bitter and kind of felt some type of way. But that last scene where she gets killed off, um, I think really just took it to a different level for even uh, Bale's portrayal as Batman and the way that he felt about her. Yeah. So good. That's a great transition. Uh, I You're like right. The audience, I, I didn't care that Rachel died, but if it was Katie Holmes, I would have been like, oh, hell yeah. All right. I think no. the, the, the general consensus was, please, please return, Katie. All right. All right. Nevertheless, the way that she, the way that they made her talk to Harvey Uh and not talk to Batman, and she knows that she she thinks when. So this is what's brilliant about it. She knows Batman well enough that Mm -hmm. he's gonna come save her. Because remember, he said they they made she go. She knows. She says. They're gonna make our friends choose, right. and she and she knows Batman's gonna come save me. So she's talking to Harvey as though she thinks he's gonna die, and she's heartbroken about it. But she thinks Batman. She knows, not even thinks. She knows Batman's gonna save her. But they flipped the names to Batman. That's and so point. they gave her, they get, and because he knew, Joker knew that there was that love connection too. And she plays that scene so well. She goes mm-hmm. literally from, I'm going to get saved, to when he goes, No, why are you here for me? She goes, Huh? What? Huh? Oh, good. And she's like, Good, and I'm going to die. It was fucking brilliant. And she doesn't get enough credit for that because he. I agree. And when she gets blown up, like made a conversation, like, that exactly. moment was kind of like, damn. Yeah. Hey, I gotta say, that's a top three movie explosions. Um, yeah, top three, someone getting fucking killed in a movie explosion. Um, <laughs> somebody I think... getting fucking killed. 
Yeah. What's the I, wait? I what's the wait? I have to ask now. Obviously, you said yeah. top three. So what's number one all time? Uh, so the beginning of that movie, Selma. Oh Jesus. <laughs> okay, but I'm just saying, like, from a standpoint of like, you, for okay, the reason this one, you knew someone's gonna blow up, right? And then yeah. within the Dark Knight, it's like, all right. Uh, we know someone's gonna blow up, and then they made it clear like Batman's not gonna blow up in his own movie when he's when we see uh, yeah. what do you call it, right? So you knew it was okay, gonna be her, right? Before you get too far into it's just, it, what's number the two? The shocking part, the shocking part of that was just that it was mid conversation, right? In Selma, yeah. like you just see these girls walking in a church or whatever, right? And you don't you don't put two and two together, right? Uh, at the time, and then they're talking. I want to do my hair, like, <laughs> right? I was like, I jump every time I see it, right? <laughs> It's true. And by the way, uh, hey, black audience, Scott is laughing at the uh, so much uh, Mississippi church. I'm not laughing at it. It's awful. I just fucking threw him under the bus. Why are you, why are you, <laughs> trying, right, to, why are you trying to get yeah. him killed on Twitter, bro? Come on. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, black number audience, I, 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 like, I, I mean, if you can tell by my voice, there's giggling happening. I don't, and I'm not going to say if it's because throwing, I threw Scott on the bus or because of the bombing that happened. But I will say this, right? That movie top uh, so this movie like you're right like the way that she doesn't even finish the sentence and she just blows up right and it's like explosion explosion right just whoosh, they even have the second like phase of it blowing up diesel fuel yeah what's up diesel fuel yeah yeah um yeah and like i, I my you know what my favorite scene of this whole trilogy though to be honest uh it's when he when the cards are like they show this in the trailer right when all the joker cards are falling down after in the rubble after the explosion and then you hear Batman go, sorry, Harvey. Uh, I don't know what about, I don't know why, but I just fucking love that scene for some reason. It just, uh, it shows sort of the Bruce Wayne part of him coming out and then feeling, all right, um, this guy was supposed to be the uh, our knight in shining armor and I let him down. And then also the love of my life is, is gone, right? And he and knew so, it was the love of his life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so well, what's so the, wait, I, wait, wait, pause. What's the number two explosion ever? Um, in uh, Mission Impossible two, uh, three. Okay. Wait, which one? Wait, does she get shot or does she explode? The brain, the brain aneurysm thing. No, when the at the beginning. No, the beginning of Mission Impossible three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did she get in the shot helicopter. Or does, or, no, no, no. She had a. She had a. She had a bomb implanted, like, within her nasal cavity uh, that exploded. No, no, no. The, no, what happens to when, at the beginning, when he's, like, counting down, when, it, when it's, like, it yeah, makes it seem like it happened, but it... That's he in her, her brain. No, he, no, no, Okay, no. she blows up? No, her. remember she got a weird-looking eye? She didn't blow up. It just okay, literally never mind. was, okay, like, this a, is not, was right, like a okay, brain this is not, implosion. All right, all right yeah. number two explosion is when the guy has the clock, the bomb clock in his uh, stomach in this movie. All right. All right. Yeah. Sorry. I was thinking thinking about that too. Like, I was already thinking, like, damn, this this movie had a lot of good explosions like that. Oh, the hospital explosion. Not the hospital explosion. That uh, bomb clock. Not Die Hard. Not Die Hard 2. The bottom floor of Nakatomi Tower. Yo, tell me why I was thinking he was going to say Die Hard. Covered in glass. (laughs) You got glass? I don't care, man. Wigan's gonna be nice. like Die Hard. Die Hard is a Christmas movie, by the way. It is. Uh, it is. Yeah, it is. Mike. Yeah, I don't know why you like don't think it is, man. Uh, okay, so where I was going with the casting, right? Then Aaron Eckhart was in this as Harvey Dent, as we've highlighted. I was trying to get to that uh, before we went to that deep uh, discussion, which I appreciate it still. Um, Aaron Eckhart plays District Attorney. 
Um, Harvey Dent. Everybody likes him. I've never known anyone to say, oh, we love our DA, but somehow. Uh, Aaron Eckhart said that he based this movie off of Robert F. Kennedy. Kamala he Harris said, had tons and tons of supporters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Chris Wiggins was one of them. <laughs> Kamala, K-H, K-H. So, uh... <laughs> So, yeah, so he's in there as Robert Kennedy. They make him a pretty much a badass when a guy pulls a gun on him in open court and he just looks at the guy, moves to the left of the gun, snatches it and punches the dude and then talks somehow how he knows all about guns and tells him, he, you know, always you buy, buy always buy domestic. Yeah, always buy <laughs> yeah. American, right? And then he goes, sit down. I'm not done questioning him. The people are clapping. And I was like, okay, let's be a little bit realistic here, right? Johnny Cochran was pretty, pretty popular. No one clapped, dude fucking court with him there right um so so they ham it up with the they completely ham it up with the oh everyone loves him and he's cleaning up the city and yada yada this is like a a throwback to the british courts where they all act like because they wear wigs and shit like people care like oh how dare you sir and then people are like "Mm, quite mm, quite which doesn't exist in real life but the british pretend like that that's what that seems like. Gotcha. So that's a good okay. explanation for everyone out yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my issue with him as Harvey Dent, the build up to him becoming Harvey just didn't make any sense. I, I didn't like the way that he became Harvey, to be honest, um, with the explosion. And then he just like goes crazy. They didn't show enough of his split personality. You mean Harvey or Two-Face? Two-Face, when he becomes Two-Face. Sorry. I didn't, yeah, think, I didn't like, like Harvey that. Harvey the fuck. Yeah. Like, he's always been Harvey. Okay, thank you. Yes. All right. I understand that the love of his life dies, right? But he goes to like being mad at everybody and just completely flipping. And I don't really think that we saw a lot of that. Um, I guess like we want to say that the like, like if you look at traditionally, like and you based on the, the cartoons and the comics, right? It's he had a there was a duality where he had a dark and uh, mean streak or so to him that would only come out at random moments. And I don't think that they did a good job portraying that in this. Okay, fair enough. I mean, um, I think I get it, but I, but I do think so. Here, here's the counterpoint to that. So, like Harvey, his his whole thing, all the way going back to, from the very very beginning scene where he's in the courthouse, everything is black and white with him, and this is the problem. And I don't know that Christopher Nolan was trying to represent this, but I think this is the problem with society today. Nuance is really important. There's not just there's not just good or evil, and like what I think was interesting about Harvey's character. And again, I mean, I agree with you in the sense that like it was poorly, it's poorly done overall because it's not totally realistic, but I think for the sake of like comic book lore, he went from, I know what's good and evil because I'm a DA. This is good or this is bad to someone being like, I just flipped this upside down. You have no idea what's going on. You have no idea what morality is. The only thing that works is chaos because chaos is fair everybody gets the same chance either again and this is what's so brilliant about it in my opinion he goes back to a 50 50 choice but it's random so it's either heads or tails and they die because he's so used to seeing only good or only evil and that's sort of that's sort of the interesting sort of dichotomy of that character Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with that, and I I think that's when my favorite portrayal of it was when he was in the car with the uh, with that officer, um, 
and he basically gives her like the ultimatum, flips the coin, and then Marconi. Her, yeah, 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 with Marconi. It comes yeah. out. In, it comes out Maroni, in her favor. Maroni. And Maroni. She there gives, you go. Yeah, Maroni. She gives like that sigh of relief, and then he like flips again. He's like, "That was for the driver," and then he shoots the driver, and then like they crash. So you good. Know? Yeah. But he puts his seatbelt on. <laughs> yeah, he puts his seatbelt on, kind of like saying, like, hey, brace yourself. Like, shit's about to go down. Yep. How did he not get fucked up more? We had a seatbelt. Like, well, he's well, wearing okay, seatbelt. Okay, I understand how it's okay, but yeah, the, car, the car flips over. Yeah, that ventilator mask. He, wait, yeah, okay. Oh, right. too soon. Sorry. Yeah. Not to mention, okay. he had already survived, like, petroleum burning on his face. Yeah, that doesn't make you impervious to being hit, like to being in a car crash. The car right. goes up over the divider and flips over. Right. right? He should have still had like his I like really the, scrape. Yeah, like what, what happened to like, Maroni? Half of his face, half of his face should have had a scrape on it. Yeah, right. And, uh, he comes out fine. I mean, no maybe walking it, maybe issues. It, yeah. Maybe it didn't. It was the burnt side of the face. So we exactly, exactly. Okay. All right. I, yeah. All right, just I like go yeah. back, I gotta go back to this scene though, because uh-huh. again. As I said, I think this is the best scene in the entire trilogy. And it's uh, Joker, who... This is what's interesting. We talked about Keith Ledger just just fucking owning it. Pause this. Mm -hmm. Next time you watch this, pause this while he's talking. Keith Ledger got so into his character, he started doing his own makeup. And in this scene with Harvey Dent, in the hospital scene, if you pause it, and you look at Heath Ledger's fingers, the Joker has paint on his fingers. Mm. Like, as though he does his own makeup. Like, that's how that's into the character he was. No, for real. Well, I assume that he, I assume that he did. I believe it. No, no, no. I always assume, yeah. Yeah, I'm what? saying you can see it on his fingers, though. That's what's kind of crazy. So pause and watch okay. it. And then, uh, so... So, who do we think that is? Who, if that wasn't the case, who do we think would have done his own makeup? Though? Well, there's makeup right? artists. Well, you know, like I don't think the Joker would go like, "Hey, let me go get on Craigslist and find out who's uh, who could do makeup." Well, no, or no, anything. no, 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 no. I'm not saying I'm not saying the the like. What I'm saying is Hollywood has professional okay. makeup artists. Yeah. To do it, and okay. instead of allowing that to happen, he got so involved with the character that he said, no, I'm going to do it like this guy in real oh, life would have Okay, learned. gotcha. That's yeah. the point. Yeah. Okay, so the praise to Heath Ledger for doing that. Exactly. And, and we like that. When we like that, we didn't clean, that he didn't, that they didn't catch to clean off the makeup? No, no, no. They, 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 Christopher Nolan, I, I heard a, an interview from him. and He said, I, I allowed it because I saw where he was coming from with it. Okay, gotcha. All right. Yeah, so it's pretty good. Which I think is brilliant because um, I think if totally you're brilliant. like one of those watchers, like one of those viewers that really pays close attention to detail and like you catch it, like had you not mentioned that, I would have never, ever known that at all. Right. But I, th- I think for people that pay close attention to detail and see that, you could either think, A, it's a blooper and like they fucked mm-hmm. up, or B, this is a representation of something else. And so that right. could be a representation of the character himself to say, hey, like underneath like this paint exists a person, but he is painting his face to portray Correct. That, that villain. He's so involved in it. Like he's becoming right. him. Where does, okay, so with that in mind, right, uh, so a few things. I want to spend a lot of the rest of the time on this talking about the Joker because the end of the movie was stupid, I think. Um, so speaking of like spending some time on the Joker here, obviously it was a cultural phenomenon and that dominated Halloween costumes, I think for like the next two years and all. Um, 
the obviously Heath Ledger went on to posthum, posthumously win the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. What's up? Posthumously. So the exact way I said it. No, I just repeated how you said oh, it. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. It's like, what is this? Like, like this. <laughs> those guys are like, oh, no, you pronounce it this way, actually. Um, I was going to say posthumously, but. <laughs> <laughs> Na- uh, name how you say posthumously in three. One, two, three. Posthumously. posthumously. <laughs> They're all right. <laughs> all right. So uh, where does he where does he rank as far as Jokers are concerned? Um, I used to say number one overall, but then after Ooh. seeing Joaquin Phoenix's uh, you agree portrayal with of me? it, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to you say You agree number... with me on this? Wait, hold on. I don't know what your stance is. I'm saying well, that. Well, if, if he's saying that, like, what do you, yeah. mean? Oh, what do you yeah. mean you don't know what his stance is? If he's saying you agree with me, that means you have the same as stance. I mean, I agree with you then. Sorry. I mean, no, you're saying it first. Well, no, I'm I saying Mike. Yeah, I'm saying Mike. He agrees. Like, hey, Mike, if you saying he agrees, you two have the same stance that uh, Joaquin Phoenix well, is number I, one. Well, then. Bowers, Bowers, unpredictable, bro. He, oh, he is, I am unpredictable. Oh, so like, I was going to say you agree he's number two overall, and then I have another number one. That could have been very. Yeah, good. that could have been it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Good point. I was about to say, like, what the fuck does agree mean to you? All right. Uh, Scott, where where does he rank for you? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think. Um, all right, Mike, Joaquin all right, I Phoenix see your point. Did, no, Joaquin Phoenix did overall the best, and um, it's not just because he's the newest. And and I want to I want to make this very 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 clear. Uh, when I saw Heath Ledger do the Joker, I was like, holy shit, this dude did the Joker better than Jack Nicholson. Who is maybe, uh, I mean, he's at least number three, number two, number one. I mean, he's he's a legit top five actors of all time, Jack Nicholson is. I mean, you're talking about people like um, Jack Nicholson. He's he's there with wh- whoever, who, literally whoever you want to add to the greatest actors of all time. I mean, if you want to go all the way back to Cary Grant, like he's there amongst mm-hmm. them all. And Jack Nicholson did an amazing job in the original Batman. Heath Ledger did better. And Jack Nicholson has admitted that. So I'm giving mm-hmm. I'm giving this that much respect. And then I'm yeah. saying Joaquin Phoenix did better. Gotcha. Like, okay. That's how good Joaquin Phoenix was. And the reason is because Heath Ledger did a great job of portraying the ultimate villain in a binary world. And I think we're going to keep going back to this with Christopher Nolan. All his characters are very binary. Like uh, Batman is either the Batman or he's Bruce Wayne. Uh, Harvey Dent is either Harvey or Two-Face. Rachel is either with Harvey or she's with Bruce Wayne. Uh, everybody just has these very binary, which is a very sort of uh, Tory Republican, Israel. No, it's not. Uh, worldview, which is which is great, but what Joaquin Phoenix was able to accomplish, in my opinion, was a normal person going through a normal life who needs medical assistance, but you can't tell that without knowing it. Mm-hmm. 
and going through this character development that had so many so many layers of of possibilities like he he wanted to be a clown and then he couldn't he failed he hated the rich people he, he could have done nothing he didn't do anything and he murdered them and then that wasn't even when he became who he was he just did it fucking because and then he slowly sort of developed like that was his transition into the, still develop he developed two character arcs of a character so perfectly that he didn't create two separate personalities. He created one personality that transformed into another personality. That's how good he did it. But I, I think that shows also like the brilliance of like the writing because a lot of people were upset. They were like, oh, you know, this wasn't like the typical Joker. Like this portrayed it differently because it showed like a more human side, right? But I think the overall perspective and like the background behind it is that this storyline still leads towards like an anarchist uh, state. Like this yeah. is people basically rebelling against the the rich, eating people, the rich. wealthy. Yeah, right. Yeah. And even in the Dark Knight, you know, you still had that portrayal. Like, there's that scene where I think Heath in a Ledger's, different way, though. In, in a, a different, different way. way. But like Heath Ledger's Joker has that scene where like they have like that huge mountain of money, and just to show that he doesn't give a fuck about it, he lights it on fire. You right. know, right? Because for him, it's like it's not about the money. It's not about the uh, like the wealth that we're building it's more about the power and about really sticking it to like the people that are in power correct or and 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 at the same time and in of the same worldview the two separate boats who could blow one another up right like uh, all, all you had to do is murder criminals or all the criminals who were terrible people had to do was murder nice people oh somehow right. normal people are all moral this is a very consistent worldview among those two things though because it, it, it like it's anarchism against the super wealthy who care about money. Oh, money doesn't matter. Oh, who is this guy? Oh, money doesn't matter. Of course money matters. And normal people are good and like don't want to be rich and don't don't hate the rich at all because they're just normal people who are who are modest and good. And none of those are bad things, but I just think it's a very consistent thing. What I think and to your point about the writing of Joker is it shows uh, true class politics in the sense that like normal people are good, that's fine, but they get very resentful after just being shit on for 70, 80, 60. Like I see my mom who got shit on. I see my brothers who got shit on. I see my grandpa who got shit on. Like there's only so much amount of getting shit on until you're going to do something. And that's what I like about his character arc versus this. But, but your I point think, is taken, like, it's, it's, it, yeah. Heath Ledger's character is pretty perfect for what he was. Well, both kind of showed, like, the evil genius side of him. Like, you had, um, on The Dark Knight where, like you mentioned, the boat scene where it's, like, you pit both sides against each other and both have, like, the remote, you know, one person can trigger it and right. blow up, you know? So it's, like, your fate is based off of the hands of the other and you see kind of like the struggle going on between like the the normal folks so to say and then the uh the prisoners and so the normal folks are trying to say like well they're prisoners they made their decision they deserve to die and then now you're giving the prisoners also the right to basically stick it back to the normal people and say like hey we're the cast the outcasts of society but right your your fate is in our hands and that's when uh debo comes in debo! And basically, <laughs> you know but um I and do want Joker. to point out, though, that this is still, like, public transportation. So this isn't, like, rich 
rich people versus the prisoners. This is just like normal working class people versus the prisoners, which I think is very purposeful. By me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it, it was definitely a good portrayal, but um, getting back to the subject, because I think Chris Wiggins really has uh, some more things to say. I'm going to yeah. flip it back to him. Sure. Th- certainly. I'd say for, for me, um, this was number two um, with uh, Mark Hamill as uh, doing the voice of the Joker from Batman the animated series. I think that just hit the nail on the head. That's the I think that's the Joker. I'll always know. Um, and I think that it was the best portrayal between uh, this for this person is batshit fucking crazy. Um, and they're a and they have their stuff together and they're still a clown. Um, I think yeah, with interesting. The, he, he went from like Jedi save here to, <laughs> to like clown, clown Joker villain. Yeah. Yeah. So I think totally. that's, I think that set the tone. And then with Heath Ledger's Joker, right. It's number, it's number two for me. I think that uh, if you look at it, this just exploded off the scene and it completely surpassed anything that Jack Nicholson did. Made people forget about that. Uh, made people forget about Cesar Romero. He's not, he's obsolete now. Um, it's right. you know he takes it, he takes it, at a time, which was a progressive ahead. role. I was gonna I was gonna say it also made you forget about Jared Leto. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah, um, I, my my thing is like this, right? It's the what what he did, right? He stole every single scene that he was in. Yeah, um, and and look, I'm one of the people that does think 100%. that his portrayal is overrated. Um. I do think that I do think it's you know it's safe to say he completely stole every scene. You, you know the scenes are less inter- the movie's less interesting when he's not in the picture, in my opinion. Um, I just mean, you from could the stand- say he's the main character. I think. Yeah, certainly, certainly. It's I mean the movie starts out with him, right. um, and you know it doesn't necessarily end with him, uh, right? Because he's seen before. But I think like the the end of the movie become became like less interesting because it, the shift became similar to how Batman begins. The shift became to an, went to a new villain, but you know, he dominates his movie. He sets the tone of everything. He turns uh, people against each other. Um, and it's just the, like it, it, like the subtleness of the sort of irony of, you know, I don't have a plan. I'm not a plotter. He goes, what do I do with a plan? I'm like a puppy chasing cars, right? Yet he's two steps what ahead do you of know everybody. Do with them? I caught it. Yeah, right? <laughs> he's two steps ahead of everybody, uh, right? It's, it's like that irony, you know? It's the you know we don't know where he's at. They, we didn't spend any time with some origin story, which because I really he's got. It. What I like about his characters, he's got he's got nothing to gain, so he has no ulterior motives. So he's yeah. very direct with exactly what he wants, and that's what he gets when right when he says they're all schemers. Like yeah. everybody's got layers upon layers of like, well, I'll give up this if you give this, and you give up this, and I'll give up that, and you give up that. He's just boom. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to fuck shit up, and that's what's going to happen. And then the only thing he gets surprised about is that people care about their mayor, which I thought was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, I, 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 think so, we can even, I think we can even tie like some of those scenarios into real life. Like His whole um, purpose for like basically showing like the bad side of society, Like we're kind of seeing it right now. Like, with people going into the store and, like, hoarding and, like, this whole panic. And this ain't even shit compared to, like, what they're going through in the movie, right? With, like, a complete anarchist right. uh, uh, I, society and an outbreak of that sort. But I that think that's more germane for The Dark Knight Rises, personally. 
Yeah. yeah. No, well, yeah, you're right. You're right. I think because this like movie, that. everything was still intact. Like society was still intact. People were free. This movie was about terrorism. What the Joker yeah, was. Yeah, this, exactly. Ultimate. This this movie yeah. was like America in 1999. Everything's so great and amazing and our economy's fantastic. Yeah. Like uh, for and me, this movie happens. was a, go, this movie was what's that uh, a most violent year and like September 11th because you got the videos of, you know, uh, where he's talking to the guy. I mean, I love Jessica <laughs> Chastain. Go ahead, tell him something. <laughs> right? And he goes, oh, I'm going to kill true. people. You're right. Right. You, you have all of those, like, snuff films and everything, right? You know, all of that. And, like, uh, to really drive forward why I think that this was the best Joker, um, and to really – this is what Kevin Klein said. Um, and they did it when uh, they uh, announced the nominees for the what he, everyone that was up for Best Supporting Actor. Everyone knew they were going to lose, uh, essentially, to a dead guy. But – Kevin Klein, like they had different people intro uh, that year for the Oscar, they had different people intro um, each person that was nominated. And so Kevin Klein uh, did this, and I quote, in a year of striking film images, perhaps the most unforgettable is that of a man, his face smeared in clown makeup, gleefully sticking his head out of a speeding car, relishing the night wind and reveling at the chaos he has unleashed on the streets of Gotham City, menacing, mercurial, droll and diabolical. Heath Ledger as the Joker in The Dark Knight kept us all on edge, anxious to see what act of appalling mischief he might commit next. With this bravura performance, as well as with the wide range of other roles to which he put his unique signature, Heath Ledger has left us an original and enduring legacy. End quote. So, I, I really... D- Boom like, sauce. I, I, what's up? Boom sauce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've said. Yeah. Um, so, to, so moving on, I, I, really, I want, so the movie, I, I didn't like just similar to, I didn't like really wasn't a biggest fan of the second act. I think that they just sort of petered on. I really think that they should have left it with the Joker breaking out of jail and they could have left it at that and then done something with movie number three, in my opinion. I mean, I liked the third one more than you two did. So I just Wait, no, no. Well, I said the third act of this movie. Sorry, the final act of this movie. Oh, I think that I see we could have done something. Yeah. So I didn't like the, the end. Of it. Dog I didn't like the last with the- 45 minutes of. I think we could have done like the last 30 to 45 minutes of the Dark Knight. We could have left it. And I think uh, Joker escaping from jail and like the the famous scene of him with his hand, his like yes. as Kevin Klein just said. Do you I think want it my theory? There. Do you want What's my that? theory? Do you want my yeah. theory of why the worst scene of this movie was and why it existed? What's that? So remember, he he goes to Fox and he goes, I must find this man. And yeah. he literally spies on everyone. Yeah, I don't and understand Fox that shit. Fox goes, oh, don't do that. <laughs> if you do this, I quit. And he has to find him. And then it's in a building. And like he's just on a skyscraper. Like, <laughs> dude, you could have found him without that shit. He was on a, like a skyscraper that wasn't finished. Like, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the whole point of this was like, oh, no, 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 we're all conservatives and we're Tories and we're blah, blah, blah. We're Bush without actually the NSA taking over your lives and spying on everyone through the uh, uh, the fucking, what, what, was the, what was the surplus bill after 9-11 that, that Bush passed? Patriot Act. Bush, Patriot Act, exactly. Like, uh, this is Nolan's vision of being like, there were there were those of us in in modern terms the never trumpers who were like no 
we will stand against your Patriot Act, but still be conservative. And then in reality, 100% voted for it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's that a, that's a good is metaphor. the reason that, like, that scene existed. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I would definitely agree with Wiggins, though. I, I think they could have made the movie shorter and cut off some of the fat. Um, and just Which, that was fat. It. That's why he yeah, made that scene. Yeah. Like, he added it to be preachy. That's why that was the worst scene and why also I thought this movie is still the best. But I give mm-hmm. credit to the third one for doing this better over the first one for doing the same. Yeah. Well, well listen, I, I didn't hate the third one. Um, a couple things that I would have liked to see, I would have liked to see... Um, we're, like we're actually con- going to get into the third one. We're actually going to get in third. Let's wrap okay. let, Let's wrap up the second one and transition to the third one here. All right. Let's, all right. Uh, let's do all it right. smooth. All, all right. right. <laughs> all right. So, all right. We're going to put a, so we'll put a do feather like on cat. JB smooth. <laughs> okay. Right. We're going to put a feather in that one. And obviously, and Mike's going to kick, Mike's going to kick us off with the Dark Knight Rises. Um, So really quick, so a few laudables. First of all, the Dark Knight Rises, it came, it took a longer time for this one to actually come out versus the Dark Knight versus Batman, um, Batman Begins. It didn't seem as long though for some reason, but it was, was a four it, year. Was it delayed though in coming out? Remember no. the shit that was happening? Like what? when it came out. Well, right, but I don't think that had any. Well, they did delay it once because of the the, the mass shooting. shooting. Yeah. Right. Uh well, but no, well, it was no, but like when that when that happened, that was in Aurora, Colorado, so that was a regular release of the movie coming oh, out. Oh, that was a real okay, okay. That's what right, I wasn't sure. Y- yeah, you know I, they don't I have movie premieres right in Aurora, the... Colorado. Right? No, well, no, 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 no. I knew but it was they... in Aurora, but I thought that's why it was maybe an early. Uh no. So the yeah. So the movie actually the movie actually came out uh, debuted in New York City on July sixteenth. Um, you can't talk about this movie's legacy without the July twentieth shooting was when it reached wide release. Uh, where of course uh, a guy from our home, uh, Mike and I's hometown, the uh, San Diego area, um, who actually or wait, no, is this? I think this is the same. Guy. Yeah, I think uh, he's actually went to high school yeah. at Westview High School. Uh, uh, very ghastly. Uh, 58 people were injured. 12 of them were killed um, during the premiere of it. A uh, guy was wearing a gas mask, and um, he d- identified himself at, as the Joker. Uh, apparent, apparently, allegedly, he identified himself as the Joker. Um, so that's part of that's unfortunately that's a, a ghastly and grisly part of the uh, story with this movie. Um, I think with this one, so this movie came out uh, like I said, July twentieth uh, was its U.S. and U.K. premiere, worldwide premiere. Um, budget two hundred fifty million dollars um, to three, I think three two hundred thirty million dollars budget went on to for a box off of one point uh, one uh, one point zero eight billion dollars. So when the part yeah, about the- now, nevertheless, so the uh, also the movie outranked the other superhero movie, that being what do you call it? That being uh, Marvel's Avengers, which came out um, earlier in the year, um, and also outgrossed the uh, Dark Knight. So huge success uh, critically. The movie received great reviews, eighty-seven uh, percent on a Rotten on Rotten Tomatoes as well. Uh, and was compared ironically, they compared it to the Godfather two, even though, uh, this was the third movie in the franchise. Um, thinking about because of, uh, it's Raza Ghoul's daughter. Okay. Spoiler. Yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. She's like the Andy Garcia. Correct. Yeah. What'd you guys think about this? Uh, initially when, or, like, or first... the Mike or the Michael Carleone. Okay. Yeah. 
So what did you guys think about this movie when um, it trailers came trailers came out, uh, you know, the week leading up to it, you know, day of when initial sort of reviews from your little buddies that watch it. What did y'all think? Um, so, well, I remember how, seeing how like, the trailer. You? I was super hyped because I think everybody was left with a desire after The Dark Knight. And so now knowing that there was a sequel following that. Especially with the hiatus, I mean, this came out what four years after uh, the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, longer, long yeah, longer time. time yeah, longer time. It, it seems shorter than the wait between Batman Begins and Dark Knight, but yeah, it, it was longer. I think there was an obvious buildup behind it, where like the people were waiting for it. Um, yeah. and I think that that led to you know some, I don't want to say like disappointment, but I guess like some um, some expectations that were not met. Because I feel like people were expecting one thing, and the story kind of took a different turn, which is not a bad thing. Because I I, I like the way that they portrayed it, totally, and true. I like the way that they I like the way that they explain that story. Um, but we'll get into that a little later. Mm, my and Scottford, what'd you think? Uh, so I would say I agree completely with Mike here, um, and I would I would actually pinpoint it to one specific scene, and that is the scene where Michael Caine as the butler, Alfred, is explaining to Bruce Wayne, Batman, Here we go. portrayed by Christopher Bale, that uh, Rachel, comes the impression. Rachel was never in love with him. What if there was a letter? And that letter explained she didn't choose to. But I burned that letter. Because I couldn't stand how you would feel. I failed you. I failed you. <laughs> Classic. Classic. So that is... All right. Uh, that, that's the last impression we're going to hear from you today. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't. I don't even think you like answered the question around. I think he was just waiting for an opportunity to drop. Yeah. It. He was like, "All right, fuck it. This is this is my window." Look, Mike. Let's be honest. All right, Mike heard uh, how Bane spoke in the trailers, and then heard Michael Caine talking. <laughs> He's like, "All right, I want to see this movie." All right. Yeah, that that shit sold me. <laughs> yeah. All right. That was Look, it. I saw the Super Bowl. I saw the Super Bowl trailer, and all I needed to hear was was uh, Tom Hardy's voice and Michael Caine's voice. Yes. And I was like, Done. That's it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, for me, I think it was a lot of hey, uh, you know, I heard that. Like, first of all, there's speculation going on. Who would be the villain? Like, who would be the villain? Even I remember like late 2008, like some report came out that Eddie Murphy would play the Riddler and stuff like that. Oh and God. Then, Dude, I remember that. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, all right, I remember I told everyone they're like all hyped, all right, and I was like, that's gonna be so stupid. Not because it's Eddie Murphy, but because he's black. I was like, I don't really want a black Riddler. I'm sorry. Um, just I wasn't hyped on it. Then I heard that hey, we might get uh, Leonardo DiCaprio to play somebody. Which and, I think that would have been cool. Yeah, I just feel like it would have been odd, right? Like, who would he have played the Riddler? I mean, I, I like his portrayals as a villain, though. Like, um, well, I do too. But like, it's yeah. Like, I think he would have had to have been what, like the Mad Hatter or something like that. I feel like yeah, we glossed yeah, yeah. over your 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 adamant uh, disagreement to a Black Riddler. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Black nah, people are gonna I, be a little bit more direct. 
we're not gonna be like uh, let's play games, right? Like would the black guy will be known, Would we have always known the answer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think the Mad Hatter would have would have been a good role for him though, because it would have been some yeah, it would have been something similar to like Calvin Candy, the nah. Candy Man. Oh, mm. the worst. No, no oh. wrong. Maybe you're right. Would we have hated him that much? I think, dude, he could do a good job of it. Wasn't the Mad Hatter kind of rapey and the per- and like and Lewis Carroll's rapey? <laughs> Mad Hatter's based off. I so. no, I agree. Maybe that's what I'm saying. Like in real life, that would have been a better version of it instead of like yeah. God. Yeah, I, I think that. What do you call it? Uh, so, uh, no, Christopher Nolan had said that the draft of the script originally was inspired was inspired by uh, the by a uh, Tale of Two Cities um, and which, about the uh, French about the French Revolution um, and. It, it proceed. It proceeded on. So proceed onwards from that. Obviously, the movie we it, we see the debut of Bane. Also, Anne Hathaway joins as Catwoman, and you get uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt to play a character named uh, John Blake. And then we have the same uh, returning characters that being Morgan Freeman, uh, Christian Bale, Michael Caine, and Gary uh, Oldman. Um. So in terms of this movie, uh. So I'm gonna be honest. Uh. I'm gonna be honest, sort of in this. Uh, I remember first seeing, I was I was extremely hyped and everything. Then starting to watch it, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't know how I feel with this." I think that the quotables were great, the themes around it were great, but something something just felt empty about the movie. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with a slow start. Like the movie uh-huh. started off very slow, right? Because I did, like, yeah. I I think what people were getting to was like. Or not people, but I, I guess what the storyline was getting to was that um, many years had passed, and because of the situation that happened with the Joker, like basically Batman disappeared, right? And mm-hmm. so like they're kind of living like uh, in a society where like there was really no need for him because you know they had everything under control. The commissioner was basically running everything well, um, mm-hmm. and then now you see. Um, well, he had to be the Dark Knight. Like he had to go like. Oh, he had to take the blame, remember, of, like... Right, he had to take the blame yeah. for, like, the whole situation that happened right. with uh, with Harvey Dent and everything else. But um, I think just with the way that they also uh, portrayed Bruce Wayne as, like, an old man, he's, you know, he's Broken been Broken down, just, like... Yeah, hidden away, like, nobody had seen him. He was just kind of, like, you know, like... Uh, kind of like a ghoul, like nobody knew what he was about, <laughs> and that's why, like, yeah. when we finally see him appear, when like Anne Hathaway as Catwoman is basically trying to rob him, mm-hmm. um, we kind of get like a little bit of a glimpse of him, right? But I, I think that buildup is what caused a lot of people to have like some criticism towards it because by that time we were already like forty minutes in the movie. Mm. Yeah, it was a while. But yeah, you know what? Uh, something. So this movie I mean, had a it lot more. with Bane, right? It did, yeah. That great opening scene. Um, yeah, I agree. Th- this movie, I feel like no Batman had three scenes in this movie. Oh. No one thought about me until I put on the mask. <laughs> is that? All right, I don't think that's from the opening scene, though, is it? That's from the first scene. I thought he says, perhaps he's wondering why you'd shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane. No, no, no. Uh, the very first scene. When uh, Mayor Carcetti yeah. from The Wire arrests him. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> oh shit, you're right. Yeah. Well, we'll but get dude, into that, some of that... the hey who hey was that uh, a yeah. little bit later. <laughs> that was Yo, the very that, first oh, that, scene. 
you guys are right though that opening scene was definitely like iconic and so good yeah okay how does that rank versus the opening scene from the dark knight Ooh, that's um yeah it's a tough one but i i think i'm gonna have to give it an edge Ooh, wow uh, so one of the things about this movie that like Mike hit the nail on the head here is that Batman was barely in this movie. Um, a lot of Bruce Wayne, I think he wears the bat suit in only about ooh, I want to say three different times. Um, there's the when he first returns, which is a really great scene. Um, then there's his fight his with Bane, and then oh, his second fight with Bane it. versus and saving the world, and that's it. Right. And the whole rest of the movie, he's Bruce Wayne, like laying in a bed or with a cane or something. <laughs> And no, Scott, that's not a Michael. With not, cane not, or yeah, no, no, okay, yeah, all right, yeah, and it's not a reference <laughs> to Michael King. I know you're getting. <laughs> no, right. no, okay. no pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I, I thought, you know, I left this movie I'm so going, tired right now and drunk. Who can help me? Oh, Michael King. I think for me, like the the worst, like the part of this movie, the thing I liked about this movie is that it tied in well with the with Batman Begins. Um, I did not think that I just, the, as it, how it like ranks and we'll get, we'll get into that a little bit later and everything. Right. But I just felt let down from the dark Knight um, coming into watching this. And I was way more hyped up for this, I think, than I was for the dark Knight even. Yeah. I yeah. think the hype was there. I get it. Yeah. Like we've, it's, it's sort of like, Hey, you know what? This was thrilling. Um, it's sort of, I feel, I feel the way about this one that I feel about the lost world Jurassic park. <laughs> oh man. Nah, nah, that that's that's a just, tough comparison. Yeah, I was just like, oh, like I, yeah, I was like hoping this would be the Chris Pratt ones or the... no, the Lost World, Ian Malcolm. Oh wow, yeah, no, yeah. you were more pumped than that, right? Well, no, I no no, I was no, all right, I was as pumped for this movie as I was for Jurassic World. I came, okay. I left this theater after seeing this. I went to see the midnight showing too, right? So I had to go to work okay. the next day, right? Right. And so uh, I'm telling people, right? I, I remember I left. I was like, eh, it wasn't that great. And I s- sat around thinking like, oh, that's pretty awesome. I get to work. Everyone hadn't seen it. I was the first one. I told everyone about it, right? Then uh, they all go to watch it that weekend, right? And then that, they come back that Monday. They're like, eh, right? And we're like, you know what? You're right. You're right. I was like, you're right. This is an eh movie, you know? And then upon rewatch, I'm like, I don't like rewatching this movie. At all. Yeah. It's too real. That's no, it's just not like good. Re- not no, it's good. too nah, real. I, I disagree. It's too real. You think it's you think 100%. it's rewatchable? Yeah, I've rewatched it a bunch of times. That shit comes on TV. I'm watching it. Mm, I agree. Okay. I think I, it might actually be not as good as The Dark Knight, but I think it's more rewatchable than The. Ooh, Dark. I almost feel like if you were to switch the two villains from this and the, the The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, they traded villains. I think both movies would be so much better personally. And thinking about that uh, is like like how i said this movie ties in a lot with uh batman begins right the batman begins ends with the joker card right so i think that it would be great if you came with this movie right and he's essentially there uh up you know uprooting the system right and fulfills all of his plans right to to like cause complete chaos you know yeah i think i like the fact that there was one movie in between because gotham needed to well, rise yeah. to power again 
Well, yeah, no, I want three. I want three movies and everything, right? But I just oh, I feel like oh, interesting. Because this movie, this movie is like anarchy, essentially, right? It's what we're. It's it's like a fucking government. Can, can, you know, there's lockdowns. It's Occupy Wall Street. Exactly, right? I think that that fits the Joker a little bit more. Maybe that's how they came up with the Todd Phillips Joker movie, obviously, right? By taking right. the idea I'm espousing right now. But I think that this fits the Joker a little bit more where um, – and I know that you'd essentially be redoing the plot of The Dark Knight in order to get Bane in there. I think you're forgetting so. that Christopher Nolan is a Boris Johnson Tory Republican. Okay, he right, has nice. a different yeah. worldview than you. <laughs> yeah. All no. right. But like okay. honestly, yeah, like if, if you think about think about what you just said right now about like mm-hmm. the background of these movies, and then think about the time that they're filmed, and we can tie this yeah. into like real events, right? So like for example, like you mentioned Occupy Wall Street, that's exactly. a good analogy to compare The Dark Knight Rises, and then now we look at The Dark Knight, and we're coming into like post nine eleven era, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that a lot of the symbolism behind the movie totally. comes down to the era in which it was filmed and what was going on around him. Mm-hmm. And it may not tie in directly because now these movies are coming out a couple years after they were filmed, obviously. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the oh, writing I think wasn't that's... done prior to that. Oh, exactly. I think I think the writing is directly influenced by those events. I think you're a hundred percent right. This is like so genius input to this. Yeah. So what's all right? You guys want to know the irony though? Yes. So the ironic thing is that um, Occupy Wall Street actually began after principal photography for this movie uh, had concluded, essentially. So it, it's legit just – it's like just happenstance that this happened like – this movie came out six or seven months uh, after uh, after Occupy Wall Street or so. But all, like story had been completed. Filming had already been knocked out, essentially. Because so how do we know that they didn't already foresee some of these things happening? No, 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 no. Well, we're not what saying that they didn't in, foresee it. What happened yeah. in British politics five months before Occupy Wall Street? Uh, what was that? Oh. There was the Jeremy Corbyn movement, the whole workers' party. That's how he. Yeah, like this is all. It's it's the same movement. It just came over here a little bit later. I know what you're saying mm. though, but you, we yeah. gotta yeah. keep forgetting that Nolan is. Uh, Completely and totally a British Tory. No, oh, okay. and, and, and you're right because the uh, the European situation had started before ours. Correct. There was that whole situation in Greece where their banking exactly. system completely crashed because of their economy not and being able to sustain the euro. This was before Brexit, so this was all the Let's whole. Go. The entire right. point of the Tory thing was that like there's going to be these outlying countries. Hey, can you guys hear me? We join this whole thing. There's going to be the out, these outlying countries, and like. How dare we be able to exploit their labor and then have to pay for them if they can't sustain their own economy? Like <laughs> that's true, and the I symbolism lies no, in exactly. That, I mean, that's that was, capitalism, uh, no, austerity I mean, one Like you brought up a very good point because there's a symbolism with the bridge scene where they basically um, they they blow up that middle part to prevent people from basically coming over because it's kind of like no, we're gonna isolate you guys and and you guys Correct. basically have this problem that's not threatening us. So mm-hmm. I, I think you make a very good point with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So the um, so essential. So I think uh, one of the things that I really liked about this movie is sort of I think it did a better job of portraying Gotham City as Gotham City than uh, the Dark Knight did. Just because the Dark Knight was, um, I think Dark Knight was filmed in Chicago, and then uh, Chris Nolan was famously banned from continuing to film there, and then this movie was done a lot in. 
I think they did a lot of production over in uh, Pitt in Pittsburgh. Um, and then also, what do you call it? Uh, they, really? They just, what's up? Pittsburgh. That makes yeah. sense. They got a lot of rivers and stuff there. Yeah, certainly. So yeah. Um, so it's uh, yeah. So it, they filmed in uh, Pittsburgh, and that's why that's why the Steelers, uh, all the Steelers, were in it. And then they went to Newark. Uh, shout out to New Jersey. And the one of the best things. That, so I think that this portrayed a better sense of uh, how Gotham City was because like you look at the Dark Knight. And it's all just like it was light. It was just light outside a lot, like way too much for me. Um, <laughs> like, um, so the movie the movie ends. Obviously, uh, Bruce Wayne is put into uh, prison. He's able to break out. It's revealed that one the this child that they keep referencing um, as having escaped. It's not actually Bane, but it is Talia Al Ghul, Ra's al Ghul's daughter, and she wants to bring back the uh, League of Shadows, and she's there for revenge. Spoiler. Yeah, they should have seen the movie. It's been eight years. Um, Bruce Wayne, <laughs> Bruce Wayne is able to escape the uh, is able to escape the prison. Then he comes back as Batman for a final fight against uh, Bane and Tal- Talia Al Ghul. Um, they're essentially trying to use a neutron bomb to destroy Gotham City. Everybody is uh, trapped. Uh, a bunch of people are trapped in the city. Um, then from there, Batman takes the old. Uh, Wait, uh, why are they trying to destroy Gotham? Tell us, Scott. To fulfill Ra's al Ghul's destiny. Okay. All right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, and so the movie ends with uh, Batman sacrificing him, seemingly sacrificing himself by uh, taking the bomb over the ocean in his Batwing. Um, then a- Alfred goes to Europe uh, and sees uh, <laughs> Anne Hathaway uh, as Catwoman and uh, Bruce Wayne over at a little cafe, and he waves to him and uh, Alfred's dream is realized, and then he proceeds onwards to his way, and then they have a statue of Batman erected, and then no one puts two and two together that Bruce Wayne died at the same time. Um, and the movie ends. Yeah. How'd you guys like the way it ended? I thought the ending was brilliant, to be honest with you. Um, Agreed. I, I, I think that that scene with the, the dialogue between Michael Caine and uh, Christian Bale, and Michael. basically Michael, Michael Caine basically just explaining, you know, what his uh dream is of uh for for him to see bruce wayne basically end up as you know a married man a father a family whatnot um and so then not to tie that back into the ending where we assume that he's dead and now he's at the cafe which he mentions he says you know i want to see myself at a cafe seeing you having lunch with you know the family and whatnot and that's basically what ends up happening It, it um, yeah, I, you know, I, I was high on the ending. Uh, you know, it sucks when the superhero like dies and that's with it. The end trilogies and I get, but that's how they do it nowadays, I guess. Um, uh, but you know, I thought it was a good sweet moment for Alfred. Cause right before that we saw him crying and bawling like crazy. Um, I didn't really care for the, Hey, uh, I know we haven't talked about him. Joseph Gordon-Levitt as John Blake, them revealing that his name is real name is Robin. Uh, I thought it was, I thought his character was stupid and I thought that scene was pretty stupid. Uh, but the ending was pretty dope. Uh, mm. and then also, uh, Lucius Fox got to live, which I appreciated. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that part was nostalgic though, because I, I think we're used to seeing like a lot of these characters that we know um, get introduced to the movies, right? But they're kind of introduced like in a non traditional way. And so, like, the way that they introduce, you know, Ed Hathaway as Catwoman, like, we don't really see her as Catwoman, but just the way that she acts especially with like her fighting moves we know that this is catwoman right and even with like uh gordon but Levitt's she down she dons a suit though 
Right, she dons a suit and okay. she's like being the thief, right? We also but didn't talk about this though. Best Catwoman. Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Mich- Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, dude, all the other Catwomen are pretty trash, dude. Like who? <laughs> I mean, no yeah, one's gonna pick Halle Berry. Nah, yeah, I, mean, I, was about to I say, mean, but Halle it Berry. is Halle Berry, though. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Go part ahead. of my, Sorry. I guess, going back to the topic. Part of my, I guess, disappointment with it was that the way that they ended the movie, I kind of expected to see, like, a sequel to that because it kind of left it as, like, they're mm. leaving the keys to uh, Robin, right? Like, mm-hmm. Kind of saying, like, he's going to be the one that takes over. So it's like, I don't know if maybe I was the only one that felt this way, but I think maybe others also felt the same way as well to say that, you know, they're expecting them to now take maybe the storyline to something different. And we never got it. Mm. Yeah. I think that was a little bit of Nolan being like, ooh, someone take my story because I'm amazing. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't. Well, like, no. I, I read an interview later with Nolan. And oh, interesting. His explanation, his explanation behind it was like, yeah, you know, everybody wants a hero, but, you know, got sometimes it. heroes heroes die or heroes basically end up having to step aside and, right. you know, someone else takes over, but, you know, their story is it significant enough to have to tell or we don't have to continue because it's best to just leave things the way that they are. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Um, all right, let's go to this. Let's go to some of these topics, um, which I believe we have quite a few of them. Um, so we're going well, oh, we always... to jump into the topics real quick. I was just going to say something. Um, since we keep going back to older storylines, who would you guys say is a top villain now that we've gone over all three movies? Oh, great question. Should I go first? Yes. All right, I'm going to go with Joker. Why? Um, I think because of Heath Ledger's portrayal as a Joker, and I think just his um, his evil genius. Oh, Joker right? in Dark Knight specifically, not like Joker overall throughout the entire franchise. Um. Well, I would say even like throughout the franchise, because okay, I think out of, out of out of all of the villains, he's probably the most iconic, and I think that's the reason why so many people were like so excited and so totally. hyped to see the Dark Knight. Because once we knew that it was going to be about the Joker, it was like, oh shit, it's on now, you know. Scarecrow, yeah. he was a well-known villain, but it wasn't like that villain, you know. Right. The same with Ross Ra's Ghoul, like he was one of the top villains but he wasn't the villain and i think even totally. throughout like the animated series the cartoons the comics like the joker was always that villain he was kind of like the lex luthor to superman right <laughs> um so Wait, the uh, wrestler or the sorry <laughs> no, no, no i said okay. lex luthor <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay so um i've i've yeah i've got to go i thought brain was the best villain okay nice reason and, and we're, wait and we're talking just this trilogy no Oh, uh, I mean, you can go yeah, just well, this trilogy I, or all of Batman's. I was referring oh, every to every Batman. Yeah, yeah. Justice trilogy. To a trilogy. Yeah. Okay, this uh, okay. Justice trilogy. I gotta go, Bane. Um, he's the only one that actually accomplished his goal. Um, and it was so his goal was he accomplished his goal so quickly that he had to come up with the new goal of like blowing up the fucking uh, whole totally. city, you know. But yeah, I mean, look, he shuts he he breaks Batman's fucking back. Um, he gets he yeah. everything that the Joker did, he actually accomplished as well. 
and just de descended the place into uh, mayhem. Then he did a better job of what the Scarecrow did by actually getting the prisons to, uh, to come out. Also, he made another villain his bitch, and he said, hey, Scarecrow, go be my judge in the little kangaroo court. So. <laughs> Dude, he was like the James K. Polk of uh, villains. There you he, go. He had, four, he had four things to do. He accomplished all four of them. Yeah, and he's like, all right, I'm not running for a, I'm not running for a new <laughs> yeah, trilogy. I'm not yeah, running so. for another <laughs> He's like, this is it right. for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. No one gets that. Just all right. So, all right. Just you, just you. <laughs> Let's get to our topics. Uh, we're going to go with the first team all-pro casting. I went with Christian Bale as Batman. I thought that he was the least campy of uh, Batmans. No hokey one-liners. And he was actually intimidating. Um, and then also I went with uh, Cillian Murphy as Dr. Crane and the Scarecrow as he appeared in all three of the movies. Low key. I thought you hated yeah. him earlier. No, well, no, I wasn't excited when he came out, but then, uh, <laughs> when, he, when I heard, when I looked at him, I was like, this guy's a pussy. But then, uh, yeah. after this portrayal, okay. like, oh, that's like, you know, did a good Mad job. respect. Yeah. He, he won your respect. That's, yeah. that's noteworthy. That's yeah. great. I'll give you that. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to go with Heath Ledger as the Joker. Even though he was only in one movie, um, I think his role and the way that he his legend basically was created, um, I guess with the build-up to it, the death, the way that he got into character, um, I think that's just going to live on forever. Mm -hmm. Okay. Scotty? I went with Batman's two father characters, Michael Caine, Alfred, Morgan Freeman as Fox. Uh, Michael. Right. <laughs> did, did 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 Lucius Fox know that he was Batman? Yes. I, yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. All right. From the very beginning. Okay. Uh. Okay. So next one. Hey, was that? I went with uh Anthony Michael Hall playing. I think Mike Engel in The Dark Knight, who's the one that wants to. Uh, or sorry, he does the reporting of what do you call it? He uh. Does the report all the little weird news reports yes. on what's happening? Uh, He's so like I thought what that we good. all hope, like Sean Hannity, and now uh, Tucker Carlson becomes like wouldn't uh, that be great Tucker. in real life? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry. Wouldn't be great to see that actually happen. <laughs> all right, uh, Mike Scott, what do you guys got? Um, I'm gonna have to go with uh, the man that I mentioned earlier, Mr. Tiny Zeus Lister. Debo. Debo. <laughs> Debo. <laughs> uh, he plays the prisoner. Give me that switch. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I'm gonna also have to go with uh, Mark Boone Jr. Um, for those of you who don't know him, he's he plays Bobby from Sons of Anarchy, um, and he's in he's in the the first movie as Detective Flass. Uh, I came in with uh, Ben Mendelsohn. So Ooh, nice. most nice. people, you may not like, you, you don't know that you know this guy, but you definitely know this guy. So like, he's the bad guy in Rogue One. Uh, he's in that really good Netflix show about the family in Florida that like blows up a boat and kills their family. They own a resort. Oh, the Oz oh Ozark. No, not Ozark. Oh, no. This is the... Uh, oh, the one with the yeah, I know what you're talking about. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's in whatever. It's he's from that. Uh, he's from Killing Them Softly. That's a very hard reference to. A and Brad Pitt. what's it called? Uh, and uh, what do you call it? Ready Player One. Ready Player One. Also the bad guy. Great, great call out. Yeah. That's a great call yeah. out too. Actually, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know him. 
Yeah, it plays a great asshole. He has kind of like an evil lisp. So he's the guy with the, like the lisp. Like, uh, oh, so what's gonna happen right now? Really, unli- really <laughs> unlikable. Very unlikable guy. Yeah, uh, he's, he's like seedy version of Ernest. Right. So he was the guy who was like uh, financing Baines. Correct. He was John Daggett. How the hell does she get on the Wayne board? Is she fucking yeah. him? <laughs> Yo, his lisp is definitely I iconic. I for you. <laughs> because you don't really see too many actors with the lisp. But I want to say the one role that he did play that wasn't an asshole. Um, Captain Marvel? Role. No, uh, The Outsider. The series. That oh, I oh, oh shit! Okay. That's <laughs> right. He is he in that because I watched detective. the. I've yeah. only watched the first episode. That's why I didn't say anything earlier. I don't want any spoilers. <laughs> I'm not caught up yet. Yeah. No, that's that was a good pick, for sure. Uh so next. To- all right, next topic. We've got uh, Stone Cold appearance. Um, I went ahead and went with uh, Eric Roberts as Maroney and Tom Wilkinson as Falcone. All right, just two good bad. Okay. Two mid-level bad guys, right? Tom Wilkinson just leaves, like, I think he has a great quote in there, right? Look, he goes, you think your heart, you think your little life is hard just because your little parents died, right? And then uh, he brings up the point that he fucking, like, he completely suns the shit out of fucking Bruce Wayne on the, in this <laughs> scene. He goes, look, he goes, you, he goes, look, he goes, you want to uh, hop around here like, you know, I can't, he goes, you think that uh, things are so bad and that I can't, uh, I can't get to you because you have nothing left to live for. What about your little DA friend, right? And then you just look at the acting on his face. You see, you see how fucking small Christian Bale uh, feels in that scene or how Bruce Wayne's character feels in that scene, right? Then he's just like, look, he goes, you got a politician over there. He goes, that's fucking power you can't buy, right? Love it. Fuck yeah. All right. What do you guys got? Um, I'm gonna have to go with Liam Neeson, and um, I guess he wasn't really like much of a stone cold appearance because he was he was one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but any excuse that I have to say Liam Neeson, um, <laughs> shout out, <laughs> shout out to Key and Peele. Um, yeah, and any opportunity I get to say it, I'm gonna say it. But yeah, to go into his uh, his character, I mean, obviously you mentioned he played Henry Ducard, aka Rasal Ghoul. But he has some good lines in there, um, and I think that his character then tied into the storyline now for uh, The Dark Knight Returns, because now we have his daughter coming in and trying to right. basically finish off what he started. Yeah. I have a question. Um, yeah. Did he know that Bruce Wayne was Batman or had never seen Batman before at the end of Batman Begins? Because he has a quote, uh, Liam Neeson, because he, he goes, he sees Batman, he goes... Don't you think? Don't you think that you're taking uh, my quote around? Uh, what do you call it? Uh, he says something around oh, like. Oh, he don't knew you think the whole taking... time. He knew the whole time. Okay, yeah, all right, but okay, was it just that he had never seen what Batman looks like at that point, or something, or wasn't aware of what he looked like? No, he thought that uh, Bruce would recognize him. And no, no, very... no, no, no. We're not talking about the same scene. When he, oh. not when he sees him. When Bruce Wayne sees that he's returned, it's when they fight on the train. Batman appears, and then he goes, hmm. He goes, don't you think that you're taking my quote around uh, hiding in the shadows a little bit too seriously? Because he's, like, shocked at Right. Like, yeah, because right, right. I guess it's, it's the first time he's seen him in the Batman uniform, but the way he says it, it's almost like he hadn't known that he had been running as Batman, that he'd been running around dressed as a bat or something. Yeah. Well, I'm, sure he he... Probably, I'm sure he probably knew it was him. Like, he trained him in well, okay, the yeah. martial arts of ninjutsu. So he was like, making fun moves. of his new ninja suit. Okay. Okay, all right, okay, yeah. 
Okay. All right. Cool. Because right, I, I was, I was like, I was like, well, didn't you go to him when, when in the in the castle and talk about, or in the Wayne Manor and talk about how uh, you seen that you've heard of somebody doing all this stuff and you knew it was him. Yes. And I was like, but then when he sees yeah. him later on, it's just like, yeah, he's like they shocked. Burn his, they burn his whole house down like 30 minutes yeah. through the movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I love how Scott's like, his timelines on when things happen in the movie is like all over the place. It's all circular, man. Yeah. Bane's second scene is he fucking blows up the stadium. Oh, he burns the house down within 30 minutes. All right. Well, because I look at, I look at timelines by character. So okay. like each character has their own timeline within the Okay, all right. Story. Okay, <laughs> right. okay. So what, who do you got for Stone Cold Appearance? Uh, I do. Well, so, okay, so I should say Marion Cotillard, just to be, like, super woke on our episode about this, but, like, that's actually not who I'm gonna say. I think that Aiden Gillen, whom I mentioned earlier, Uh uh, who plays Thomas Carcetti, Tommy Carcetti in The Wire, and, and here's more importantly, plays Littlefinger in Game of Thrones. So good. He totally owns the scene. I remember him, maybe because I love The Wire and he was Thomas Carcetti, but I remember him the rest of the entire movie. And he's in the very first scene. That's impressive. And he was in, he was in, uh, he was in Dark Knight Rises? Yes, the very first scene. Okay, okay. all right. There we go. Okay. All right, good. That's a great Stone Cold to- appearance. Do What's you up? Care to fact check him? I was gonna say, do you care to fact check? No, him? I trust him. He's the the very first scene. He's the he's the yeah, FBI he's right. agent. He's right. Who unhoods? Uh, I think he's a CIA agent. He's a CIA plane. CIA yeah, he's, he's whatever. A, he's yeah. a CIA operative. You're right. I just fact checked you. Yeah. Oh, what a dick. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. He so shoots that... it, he shoots his gun out the window. Yeah. And he goes. Uh, uh, oh, Perhaps he's wondering why a man would shoot yes. him before. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he mixed up two quotes here, but all yeah, right. Let's go to uh, best. So best film of the series. I, I went with Batman Begins. I'm sorry. Batman Begins. Uh, I thought it was it made the um, most on. sense. I have I have one more to add to the hey was okay. that. Um, I'm gonna have Mike, to go like with the fourth it. time we had to like, go back. <laughs> Just. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm I'm, I'm kidding. No, no, go for it. Go for it. No, well, I was going to mention uh, Noel Guglielmi, which, if no one knows who he is, he's the guy that plays every Mexican gangster in every movie that has a Mexican gangster in it. I thought that... Oh, yeah, your boy from... Uh, yeah, you're right. He's in, uh, he's in uh, he Fast plays, and the Furious and he- in... Uh, yep, Hector, well, <laughs> Hector from the first Fast and the Furious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. He also played the he played the Mexican gangster in uh, Purge Anarchy and in uh, Training Day. <laughs> Dude, he, he plays a Mexican gangster in any movie that has Wait, a which one is training music get? video. Which one is uh, training He's the one, the one, he's the one that says... He's the one you that has... shit pushed in? You ever got... Yep, exactly. Wait, what was the line? You ever got your you, shit pushed in? Oh, yeah, I love that dude. I met him at Starbucks one time. Shut the fuck up. I swear. He's awesome. Wait, did you talk he's, to him? He's not that tall, but he's so fucking jacked. Like, he's really? wide as fuck. Like that's why that he looks so big, dude. No, 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 not fat. Like he's broad. Like he's way okay. broader than me. Like I'm five eleven. I'm not that tall. I'm five eleven. I wear like a forty three or whatever. This dude was like probably five nine, but wore wore like a forty eight. Like his shoulders Waist or what? were no shoulders. Like suit okay. suit size. Like forty two okay. regular. This guy was so broad. 
And he just ordered like a fucking puff drink, like a cappuccino yeah. or something. It was hilarious. What'd you say no. to him? Uh, I just went up to him. I got my coffee right before him, and he was like <laughs> yeah. literally there, like when you when you almost bump into the next person beside you. You know, it was him. And I would just go, "Hey, man, I'm a I'm a big fan. I actually really appreciate what you do." He's like, oh, thanks, man. Like, you know, there's movies on it? <laughs> no, I said a couple. And he was like, yeah, bro, cool. Like, he did the bro thing. So he tried to fact check you. He was like, you know what movies I'm in? Yeah, like a little bit. Did like, he ask he, you to name any? Uh, at that time, uh, actually, I said, I think, I think I said Training Day because I think that's basically what You, you guys know he was also in the Training Day TV series also? No. I didn't yeah. even know that, that series. Yeah, he, yeah, he actually the series. That series yeah, yeah. didn't last. Yeah, I know he was. Yeah, he actually was in quite a few episodes of it too. I don't think he was in Breaking Bad by the time I saw him. Is is what I mean though. Nah, he never was in Breaking Bad. But one of the guys that was in Training Day. Was, oh, uh, that's the I got my ship pushed in big time. Was that? Guy. Uh, he's yeah, 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 yeah. Him, yeah. Oh, that's a, he okay. also plays. Yeah, he's the one that plays Tuco Salamanca. Yes. Oh, that's the one I met at Starbucks. Yeah. Because oh, okay. the one yeah, no. guy, no, the the main guy. So this is what's interesting. This is why I brought it up. The main guy in Training Day of like the I'm air quoting. Yeah, we know he's not really. Mexican. He's not really. He's Mexican. like Lebanese or something. He's not even nah, Mexican nah, at he's all. Not. Oh, the main guy. Yeah, yeah. Smiley Cliff Curtis. Yes, yeah, Smiley. Yeah, he's uh he's from New Zealand. Yeah. Oh, New Zealand. He's like New Zealand and Lebanese or something. I think he's. Some, uh, no, he's my he's Maori, bro. Yeah, oh, Jesus. All right, whatever. He looks fucking no. Lebanese as fuck. He doesn't look no, Mexican. No, he doesn't. He doesn't look Lebanese, but all right. Yeah, he uh, does. All right, let's, all right, let's continue on here. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> all right. Uh, best episode, the best uh, best of the movie. I put Batman Begins. I just thought it was the tightest of the uh, three scripts, and I thought that it petered off the least amount of time. And I actually like rewatching that more than all the others. Um, I think it's hard to choose, right? Because all three of them are good. Mm-hmm. Some are a little bit better than the others. And so I, I think there's no wrong way you can go with choosing the best film. Um, I'm going to have to go with The Dark Knight, just because even though we mentioned earlier they could have made it a little shorter, I think just the movie itself and... The way that everyone was upset that you know it didn't win awards, it, it just comes to show you how good that film was. And I think it getting snubbed kind of like tops it, you know, to say like, hey, this movie deserved more. Um, this this movie deserved more credit than what it was given, and people mm-hmm. are gonna remember it forever because of the build up to it, you know, with Heath Ledger dying, and then even the situations that came uh, from it. I think you're always gonna remember that movie out of the other two in the series. Mike, I disagree with you here. I don't think all three movies were that close. I think The Dark Knight was a thousand times better than all Yeah. I mean, okay. I, think, I think you make a good point. Um, I think you also uh, reiterated what we said earlier about how you're unpredictable and how even you saying you agree with me can also mean two different things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, two things. Let's, all right. Let's go to any continuity issues. Um, 
I brought up that uh, the Dark Knight Rises, um, this might be why Scott gets confused on some of his things. Uh, there's some weird timing issues. Like, when the cops are in the tunnel, they have no shaving equipment or whatever. Um, but they're in there for a long time and not, not a single one of them grows a beard. Um, I thought that was odd. Then also, when they have the trading trading floor scene, so they talk about, I don't know how what how their Wall Street works, but like opening bell happens, and it's like clearly daylight. By the time they get out of there, which is seen to only have been six to eight minutes later, it's like pitch black dark when they leave. Made no sense. I don't know how days fucking work or how time works um, in The Dark Knight Rises. Some of that didn't make sense. Last thing about The Dark Knight Rises as well. So they're rebuilding Wayne Manor, right? It looks older in Dark Knight Rises than it did in Batman Begins. And also, they have, like, fucking generators. They rebuilt the place. At the time they had this, when they have all this other shit, they're not using generators. They're using fucking central heating. So that kind of shit was just, eh, all right, nitpicky. Somebody's just, I'm like, all right, look, did they just forget that the place had burned down in the first one? They're like, all right, let's just fucking redo this, you know? What do you guys got? Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to say that the changing of characters, so uh, <laughs> Rachel Dawes went from being played by Katie Holmes to then... Someone who's very Jonah. attractive. <laughs> um, I mean, I didn't have an issue with it, so to say, from like the level of attractiveness, like you said, or the uh, level of skill from an actress portrayal, but my whole thing with it is if you're going to replace a character, at least replace it with someone that looks similar to the person that's replacing. So at least there's not too much of a difference. Um, that's the only thing that I'd really have to say, like I, I had an issue with, um, mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't so off the wall, like when they replaced, uh, Don or when they replaced, when they had Don Cheadle replace, um, <laughs> Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard and, and Iron Man. I mean that that was like a complete one eighty, right? Or like how yeah. we mentioned it what you know. So oh, nice. I, I guess well Wiggins, you had mentioned that there was a, a situation with uh Katie Holmes not wanting to return, so can you kind of just elaborate a little more on that? No, I don't really don't care to. It's it's, it's <laughs> irrelevant. Like. Well maybe the listeners want to know. I don't know. I mean no. what <laughs> at this point? She, she just also liked Tom Cruise at one point, like a lot. So who cares? Um, <laughs> yeah. So she's only one movie, like <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to add more content. My bad. But Look, all right, all right, fine. Look, she. Is... I mean, okay. She. I think she like the the reason I didn't care to go into it because there's like a bunch of different sides of the story that they didn't want her back, and then that she chose not to, and she chose to do the movie Mad Money instead, uh, which came out like uh, maybe like a year and a half later or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. but then there's, there's rumors that nobody like wanted to reach out to her or, or that they didn't want to reach out to her. And so she put out a press release, how she turned down doing it again, which I just don't believe. So that's why I don't, there's nothing definitive. So I'm like, eh, it's, it's they garbage. reached out to her last basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. she was like, it was like, uh, every <laughs> other actor was available in prime, like prime pre pre next day delivery. And Katie Holmes was like available for seven days later, and you're like, I don't she know, maybe like I'll find, order. maybe I'll, yeah, maybe I'll find someone who's available Prime. Like, <laughs> she, was like just... hand, she was like the hand sanitizer on Prime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I just feel like, what do you call it? Uh, yeah, I doubt that she turned it down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so my continuity, continuity issues were that uh, okay, so like. First of all, 
uh, Bruce Wayne, he saw his parents die, and then he, before that, he fell in a well and hated bats or whatever. And then he saw his parents die, and then he, and then he fell and saw some bats again. And then he he grows up, like, hating being rich and hating being part of this city or whatever, which which I get, because it's all represented the like parents he doesn't have. But then he goes overseas and he wants to become a criminal. And what he does is steal boxes of things that say Wayne Enterprise on them. Like, dude, if you're a monopoly, like Coca-Cola doesn't have like Coca-Cola with vitamins and water. It's like vitamin water. It's a different brand. You're not that obvious about like what a monopoly you are. You know what I mean? Like this it would be more subtle. But but it's like an over-the-top gesture to say, like, he's not really stealing. Like, this dude's like Jesus, which is just ridiculous. Okay. Right. Yeah, all right. You so, make a good point. Like, maybe they should have named it something else, like a subcorporation name. Yeah. Uh, like, you got Hostess got Hostess has a lot of different things. Kroger's got a lot of different things. You got to diversify those names. So music and so music. Uh, I thought the score was. It, I mean, it was okay. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Hans Zimmer did a good job, but it's just forgettable for me. Forgettable. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I thought the music was good, but it, it wasn't anything that stood out. You know, sing a melody right now from this. Whole yeah, thing. yeah, sing a melody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no one remembers anything. <laughs> yeah, Danny Elfman did a great job on the original. Um, this thing is just yeah. What, what is it? Yeah, I think I know the nineties one better. Yeah, right. Yeah, this this one. They I remember that the only thing I remember about this is that like when it was third down and seven during a Panthers game, they would play like uh they would play the melody for this or whatever, and it just. And I'm like, eh, right? And then, like, they have that dun, 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 dun. I'm like, this is stupid. I, yeah, you know, it's forgettable. Yeah, you did better than a lot of stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, Timeless versus time passed by. Um, I actually, yeah, I think the Occupy Wall Street stuff uh, was relevant, sort of. Uh, sort of for the time. Well, I say it was relevant when it came out, right? Um, and it still, I mean, it still makes like a lot of sense right now. Then I think sort of the theme around Batman begins. Why do we fall to pick ourselves up? Um, I think those things, those things are timeless. Uh, let's see, time passes by. Uh, Batman was Batman was kind of rapey in the Dark Knight. You know, she clearly has a fiance, and he's sitting there continuing trying to make out with her. Just yeah. Only foreshadowing. Hello, we take this brief pause to have a public service announcement about our dearly beloved Chris Wiggins being dropped off from the internet by coronavirus. The last part of our segment and conclusion of the show, uh, as you will hear, valued listeners, uh, is completed by Mike and myself. We had many technical difficulties throughout recording this entire episode because of uh, spotty internet coverage, and it's pretty late in the night, which you may hear in both uh, the content and the quality of our voices. 
But without th further ado, uh, please enjoy the, the remaining section of the show. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. All right, so timeless, time passed it by. What do you think today? What do you think, Mike? Um, well, so for timeless versus time passed it by. Um, for timeless, I had Heath Ledger as the Joker, um, and I think that's always going to be timeless because of the situation that happened with him uh, prior to the movie being released. Um, I think his passing is always going to have um, something to do with this movie. And I think just the tragedy behind it uh, is always going to go hand in hand with it. And I think people are just going to remember it. So, totally. um, Preach. I think it's just one of those situations where it's it's kind of like a James Dean situation where it's like, you know, uh, someone totally. that had talent that had passed away too early. Um, and I think that he's always going to be remembered um, because of the situation that happened behind it, behind the scenes. So, like, him getting into character... Um, the things that were going on in his mind state to get into character, and then obviously the substances that he was consuming uh, to help him cope right. with those issues. So, Good point. I mean, that um, was that was a big part of it. Yeah, right? the it, was, it was a big piece, part. But. Yeah, and so I think that's always going to live on forever. So uh, that's definitely going to be timeless. Also, um, I'm gonna have to go with the uh, the vigilante personas that are portrayed in the movie. So some of the different topics that are always ongoing, like anarchy and revolution, uh, people going rogue. I think that stuff is always going to interest, going to interest people, and I think that right. uh, that's always going to be something that uh, the Batman is going to do to basically carry on those storylines well, and people are just going to continue to eat it up because that's just something that continues to relate towards uh, society, whether we're talking past, present, or future. Um, as far as time passed it by, I'm going to have to go with... Um, some of the outside plot lines. So I think that without villains such as the Joker, um, the movie and the storyline just kind of gets a little plain. Um, mm -hmm. Outside of Batman. In what way? Can... Just like no, there's like no like antithesis to it. Because you're yeah. right. Like Harvey, Harvey never really was like hardcore either way. It was like the Joker who was the linchpin. Right. I mean, they had like a little bit of the love triangle going on for him, but that was totally. about it. Everything else was just kind of bland. Um, and I think the same can be said with, like, The Dark Knight Rises. You know, we had Bane, but then obviously, like, now you take away Bane, then what else are you going to have there? Like, Batman is just old. Yeah, Gordon was laying down for half the fucking movie, like, in a wheelchair exactly. or whatever. <laughs> like, exactly. It was, it was pretty boring. Um, yeah, so for me... Uh, so I, I take a little bit more uh, pessimistic view. I don't think revolutions actually do ever happen. It's just sandwich boards saying, like, Occupy Wall Street. But I think Timeless is, uh, I mean, Heath, Ledger, Heath Ledger's performance is part of it, but I think um, the character of the Joker. But it's like, I, I don't know. I, I think now that you just sort of talked about the villain, I think maybe that's more it. It's just like... The Joker can kind of become whatever he wants to be, and so like you're you're talking about Heath Ledger's performance to that. It's like totally true. It's like so I don't know if I can rank them. I don't know whatever. But Jack Nicholson, he kind of went from like heavy thief gangster to like '90s yuppie Wall Street gangster, <laughs> and yeah. then and then like uh, you know he was like Gordon Gecko, but like was on drugs, I guess. 
And then, uh, and then to your point, Joker was just like sort of like total anarchist. Whatever, whatever everybody wanted, he wanted the other, right? Like in that way. Yeah. And then nothing. Like I thought, it was, I thought it was a brilliant movie, but like it, because I think that's timeless. That type of story. Yeah, I think it's just it's timeless because people can always relate to it. Like I think people right. are always going to see these storylines and say, "Hey, like I know someone like that, or I've gone through something like that." And totally. so I, I think that creates more of a buildup. So who should be in the movie if it were made today? I well, mean, first like... of all, I would say that this these movies would definitely uh, get made again today. I mean, obviously they're doing a new Batman renewal with um, right, right, right. <laughs> with Edward, I mean, it's with like Edward from. Uh... <laughs> oh God, that's right. Jeez. Yeah. Um... I mean, his greatest character, though, was Harry Potter for the Chamber of Secrets. But, uh, or no, no, the... Uh, no, you're thinking about the cop. wrong character. The cop. No, 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 <laughs> Edward. Uh, right? Not no. Chamber of Secrets. The, uh... <laughs> Is there Triwizard Tournament one. No, you're, Robert Pattinson, I don't think, was ever in any of the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, he was. Oh, he was no, in you're, that right, one. you're right, you're right, you're yes, right, you're right, you're right. Yes, right, it was right, in that yeah. one. It was in that one. He died. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yes, Voldemort killed him. Yes, yes. In the tribe yeah, was right. returned. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I forgot. Um, right. Okay, so um, I think they're this is getting I made. Just, not a I great choice. I associate him with Twilight. That's that's why. Exactly. That's his. That's his whole thing. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. So they're making the movie again. Um, he's gonna be in the movie. So that, yeah, obviously these movies are gonna continue to get made. Are they gonna have the same type of? Uh, Nostalgia, yes. Are they going to have the same type of uh, reception from the critics? I don't know. I think the bars have been set too high, and I think that in order for people to surpass it, they're really going to have to come in with some heat. And I'm not sold on Pattinson. He can prove me wrong, and I hope he does. But at this point, I'm not sold on it. Um, I mean, if it comes out the first weekend that everybody's allowed outside again, it's going to make like a trillion dollars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And if this movie has already been filmed and edited, I mean, right. whoever's listening out there, you gotta this put would be it a out then. Yeah, this would yeah, be like a perfect June, sell for them. June first or something, you're gonna make like, a lot. We've only been trapped indoors for two weeks on some point. <laughs> <laughs> Shelter in place, and already people are going crazy. Like this would be the perfect exactly. opportunity. Exactly. Um, but if I had things my way, um, who would be in the movie? I would say. If they made a movie with more of, like, the villains that we grew up seeing, um, then I think that this could this storyline could basically take it to another level. So some of the people that I would like to see as villains, um, I would say Vin Diesel as Mr. Freeze. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, dude, I we all grew up watching Arnold, though, but he was so bad. Like, he, was, he, was so he was really bad. bad. And I think Vin Diesel... Like, Vin Diesel as a as a bartender bouncer would have been better than whatever <laughs> Arnold was trying to do. But, I mean, at least, like, his voice and, like, his presence, and he's bald, like, yeah. all of those things come in hand. Like, I, I think he would just be able to play that role a lot better. Um, also, I would say Peter Dinklage as the Penguin. Uh, yeah, Danny... He, Dinklage could probably do as well as... Danny DeVito. Surprisingly. Yeah. No, definitely. 
and I think he would he could add like a lot more to the role like to give like a different character perception of it sure um because I think with like his role like as like Tyrion Lannister like he was one of those persons that's supposed to be a villain but you also felt bad for him so it's like you totally. kind of rooted for him at the same time so I, I I think he could just add more to that character well and like uh, the Penguin is not a physical character. He's very cerebral in terms of his attacks. And all of the Tim Burton ones were, like, so cheesy. It was just, like, penguins from the left or penguins from right. the right. Or, like, a building that is disguised and it's actually a penguin. Like, it was all... But you also bring up a good point because, like, even with uh, Dinklage as Tyrion, Tyrion wasn't a strong character. He wasn't going to kill you. He wasn't going to fight right. you. But his strength was his mind. Although and so he that did was his kill ability his father. To... True. But that was in the heat of passion. <laughs> right. And with a crossbow, not like right. a physical item. Yeah, no, no, no. That's great. Well, I also love your other one here. Um, yeah, so I was going to say Rami Malik as uh, Ra's al Ghul. Um, so good. I think Liam Neeson did a really good job, but I think just my interpretation of Ra's al Ghul was always as like a Middle Eastern character, someone of Arabic <laughs> descent, not just because the name is uh, of Arabic descent. And I think Rami Malek, not just because of the awards that he won as um, uh, as his portrayal in Bohemian Rhapsody, um, right, Freddie Mercury, for, uh, Freddie Mercury, but I think just in general, like he he's a rising star. And Absolutely. I think that he's also someone that could deliver a lot more. Mr. Robot. That. I was I was hooked episode one. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, those are those are just some ideas that I have. Uh, what about you? Uh, so I think a great character as Bane could have been The Rock. Okay. I think a great <laughs> character as Batman could have been The Rock. I think a uh, great Harvey Dent Two Face could have been The Rock. Uh, and then I think maybe, <laughs> like, to mix it up, uh, The Rock could have also been Joker. Like, <laughs> So what you're saying is you want, like, a uh, an Eddie Murphy... <laughs> an Eddie Murphy Nutty Professor type deal. No, like, I want what the Val... <laughs> yeah, I want what the Val camera one was supposed to be, could be. Like, that could have been good, and it was so bad. Like, they got to make those good that way. Like, I'm all for these Christopher Nolan, like, super serious ones. But I want, like, a cool, cheesy-ass one to fit. Uh, like, a cool, cheesy-ass one to fit. Uh, and then, and then Alfred. Okay. And then uh, Jessica Chastain as Rachel Dawes. She doesn't even need any lines. Just, 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 she just, just be there. Her in. Yeah, she just be there. <laughs> just, just have her smile yeah. at the camera, frown <laughs> at the camera, whatever she wants to do. It's your world. We're living in it. Is that just because uh, of your... Uh, because of your... Uh, I don't want to say your obsession, but... Uh, yeah, no, I mean, she's clearly, my type. Clearly, clearly you like redheads. Oh, I, I definitely have a bit of a type for redheads. Um, That's your famous type. auditions, I, I don't know. Do you know any of this? Yeah, um, well, one of the snubs that I had read about... Um, Zoe Kravitz had apparently auditioned okay. for a smaller role in The Dark Knight, and she was turned down for uh, allegedly being t- too urban. Interesting. Um, and she was quoted as to saying, like, she wasn't sure what they meant by too urban. She was like, 
It's not like I was going to go out there and be like, yo, what's good, Batman? What it do? What up? Um, <laughs> I, think she's, I think she's got a point. Like, I think that was kind of some shade on their part. But she's got the last laugh, because now she's going to be Catwoman in the right. Batman movie. So. Interesting. Interesting. And I think, and I think she, that was she, a good play on her part. Maybe. Yeah. She's going to add some edge to it. I mean, I think she's a good actress. Um, and that's not just to say that she's going to uh, align to the Halle Berry portrayal. Um, because, no. you know, there's some similarities there, right? They're both light-skinned. They're both good-looking. But, um, um, but Halle's her... like a, like five points more good-looking. <laughs> um, I think I she's mean, Zoe Gravis is hot, but like we might be able to pull a chick that looks almost like Zoe Gravis. <laughs> nah, I don't think so. I'm going to disagree with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> In my mind. Uh, in, in my mind, I disagree. <laughs> but, I mean... Geez, I mean, how many there. followers do we have at this point? Is the question. <laughs> <laughs> For the two people listening out there. <laughs> and one of those two people are my mom, so... Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. No, I'm with you. Uh, all right. So I, I've gone over this multiple times. Uh, if you don't know yet, uh, Christopher Nolan is part of Boris Johnson's Tory party. Uh, basically, these oh, people, they're, leading they're rival into conspiracies. Yeah, it's kind of a conspiracy, but it's also just all facts. Uh, <laughs> so their Bible is basically Animal Farm. So like any version of like uh, Animal Farm, the party. novel. Right. Yeah. George Orwell. So in in nineteen eighty four, so any 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 part of people who are coming together, who aren't rich people who think like them, but uh, people who don't think like them who are coming together and have similar goals. Again, not people like them, people not like them, uh, and and place together some sort of economic uh, way where like people can rise up against them. Again, not them, people not like them. Uh, Basically, the the plutocracy. So the, the the whole thing about like Bane's occupation of Gotham, it like it didn't celebrate the fact that Bane took over. It didn't celebrate the fact that workers got their due. It was like, oh, this is all bad, and Batman come save us from all of this. Raza Ghoul, he was posed as some sort of like craven secret society dude. It's like he's like Illuminati or something, but it's just like. Maybe he's just a normal dude. Joker was just an anarchist. He had no good points. He was just all bad. Like, it was just only one good option. Only one good thing. Only one good person. And that could be Batman. My Jesus. Or whatever he's creating. And, like, I sort of get that. I mean, it's George Bush. We saw it all. It's just, like, if you believe that, you don't have to care what anybody says. Like, you just, you just know that their intentions are good. So it doesn't matter. You don't have to question them. It's, like, it's literally like a, a religion of politics. And this is, this is what we saw in America with, like, George W. Bush. And so, like, Nolan's way more brilliant, but he's kind of just an English version of Michael Bay, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. Like, except he's the British version, and they're all kind of, like, better at writing stories. And I say that in a good way because Michael Bay's made some great movies. I just yeah, but some of his movies are also like a little yes, too. Yes, I agree. Uh, like, 
and they're nice. like lame and campy. Like, and Christopher Nolan's made some that are like not that great, but the story's great, so it seems better than it is. Yeah, I mean, if I had to choose between the two, I'd definitely say Christopher Nolan over Michael Bay. All oh, day. better for sure. But I'm saying the English version of art of it. So it's like you have yeah. Shakespeare, you have the Rolling Stones versus the Doors or the Beatles versus the Doors. Like the English version is always a little bit better in terms of like this old school style of art. But um, they don't have hip hop. So well, they do, but it's not as good. <laughs> it's pretty good yeah. though. Actually. No, I mean you definitely make a good point. Um, I'm going to piggyback back off that, and I'm going to say, do you see any of these situations going on now uh being tied to some of these storylines as well um and i don't mean to mention just coronavirus but also what had been going on in hong kong prior to this um a lot of the uh, uprisings in south america um, exactly yeah dude you've got a hundred percent like you've got uh bolsonaro in brazil you've got uh the continuation of uh Putin in Russia, you've got uh, uprisings, to your point. Uh, Poland is a good example. You Like, we're, it, uh, France, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Macron's going to go out. Like, Trudeau's probably going to lose. The, this idea that you can just be, like, liberal by words only, but, but, like, produce this austerity, like, there's really not that big of a difference between the two parties. It's political correct liberalism and not politically correct liberalism but like the only time politics can exist functionally in our country is when the middle class is bailing out the rich like that's what happened in 2008 that's the last time meaningful legislation was passed and then nothing else until 2020 and it's a bailout probably gonna happen again with these situations. Yeah, that's the boom and bust. So the, the new boom and bust, which the boom and bust has existed since trickle down and Reagan and voodoo economics has existed. It's boom and bust. And the bust, uh, right, so it's it's socializing gains and, or sorry, it's socializing losses and privatizing gains. This has been happening forever. Now it's literally right. gotten to the point where late stage capitalism, it's transparent that the middle class in order to keep your jobs, you have to pay taxes to give the people who are rich their profits back that justify your jobs. Like, it's right. so awful. Well, yeah, and that's where, like, the tax cuts and everything else came to play. Um, exactly. But then now, in relation to the movie, to tie this all back, <laughs> <laughs> because this isn't a political so Nolan's the opposite. He doesn't. He doesn't want any of this. He wants austerity to continue to exist. People like Bruce Wayne, who were born rich, who were born billionaires, are just automatically better than everyone else. Okay. And no matter what they do in their lives, no matter what the mistakes they make, whatever, they see the light and their intentions are pure. And so it doesn't matter. They'll take on the role of the bad person. They'll take on the role of the hero. They'll take on the role of the Jesus. Whatever it takes, they'll do it because they're the one. Gotcha. That's the point. But then do you and think there's some symbolism right. behind, like, the uh, the uprising of the people and, like, the restlessness and, like, the... Uh, yeah, they're uh, all immoral I, and terrible and not great, and they need to... They're, 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 they're Interesting. 
Well, I mean, I know we can go on and on and on about these different analogies and some of these different right. storylines and tie it back to what's going on right now. But, uh, I mean, I think it's about that time. The only people worth saving, here's the thing, the only people worth saving by Joseph Gordon-Levitt were children. Oh, because they don't know yet. They haven't been poisoned by the liberal ideas of socialism and the working party in America. I mean, which in a way is true, because, like, children are innocent, and I think people... Well, they can be convinced that they can uh, sell their labor for super cheap. Right, right. (laughs) Anyway, well... Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think these are all interesting topics, and I think we can open up uh, some of the different social media threads, so if anybody wants to comment... Please call in! (laughs) (laughs) Anybody wants to uh, debate with Scott... Or even Chris Wiggins. I mean, that guy will debate all day. So please, please. I've been sharing this. Share it more with friends. (laughs) (laughs) Like and subscribe. Yeah. Like and subscribe. Hit that follow. Or hit that unfollow if you don't like it. For the two people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, dude. Have a good night. All right, y'all. That concludes this episode. Uh please uh, drop a rating on there and um, stay tuned. We're all on... Uh, Check out our channel on Daily Motion. Daily Motion. Yes, yes. Shout out to Daily Motion. Um, but nah, we're all on lockdown, so I mean, we ain't going anywhere. And you'll probably be seeing a lot more comment, com- content over the last the next two weeks because uh, we're all trapped indoors. So please, uh, stay safe out there. And uh, everyone, have a good night. Peace. Peace.